Yes, I'm a charismatic frontman with great eyebrows and a mysterious sexuality. Radio X. <laughs> Russell Brand. Right, now I'm glad this has come up. <laughs> Radio X. The Russell Brand podcast. Dude, what, a, what a show it's been as well. Did you enjoy it, uh, Matt, doing yes, that show? What was your like best I've bit? I on a journey. Yeah. <laughs> it was a journey, wasn't it? Did you enjoy it, G? It was oh, crazy, sick. crazy. I mean, wow. Uh, like, what, from... there was Witcher? Witcher. There was Paul McKenna. Paul McKenna. When, when Paul McKenna just came in, it was it was a, a hurricane that just hit yeah, us all. Yeah. Yeah. He was really I unusual. Because he's got a... I don't think he'd mind me saying this, but an Alan Partridge vibe at some I've point. I've said that to him before, and okay. he is like that. And, it's, and you, we've discussed it. I love him. He's sort of got a sort of a sweet sincerity to him. It's unrelenting. Unrelenting, sweet sincerity. What a lovely man. I wonder if we should have got Sadiq... Like, when I saw Sadiq Khan from behind... I've met him before, Sadiq Khan, and I thought... From behind? I never go around the front of him. I don't know what's around there. So, like, like I, so I was going to ask him on the show, but I never asked him. I just walked off. I think that would get dry, man. Yeah, it would so get he's, dry. He's, he's a London mayor, and this is, like, an international show. I don't know. Does he maybe. wear the necklace? No. Yeah, why don't they wear those robes, man? Yeah. That's what I want from a mayor. I want Dick Winton clothes. Winton. Dick Winton. <laughs> Dick Winton. <laughs> What's that? I love you, Dick Winton. Turn again, Winton, Lord Mayor of London. Winton. Why don't you remove the vowels from his name? What's the point in vowels, man? What's the point in them? They're holding us back. I say clickety-click consonants like a Kenyan lady. Clickety-click-click-click-click. This is the podcast. And uh, we'll probably we'll give you some additional content. Quality. <laughs> yeah, I know. We go mad, don't we, for the podcast. I'm on what's called probiotics. I had to take antibiotics because of old fox bite. And then you have to fill up your good bites. I've got a bit bacteria. by fox. What are probiotics? I don't, I mean... That's the reverse, mate. If you take antibiotics, you're killing all sorts of lovely bacteria in your stomach. All they're trying to do is help. All they want is to love you. All they want is a better, the fairer lot, all world. All disease starts in the stomach, or a lot of it. Does it? Damn it, I've had two. Yeah, they're 20 good. billion friendly bacteria in this little jar, mate. 20 billion I've got of some them. that have got... They're a capsule, and then within a capsule, because your stomach acid melts the first capsule, mm. and then the little one gets through. Oh, yeah. Also, have you heard about fecal transplants? Nope. You transplant your own feces? No, you take poo from other people and they put it into your stomach. Oh, I don't like this, mate. Not into your stomach, into your bowels. Up the backside? Yeah. You push someone else's poo up your bum? No, they don't. I mean, what what possible benefit could there be? I mean, you're making it sound a very basic You tell me a nice version. A doctor inserts some human waste. Well, so someone's put a white (laughs) coat on. (laughs) And a rubber glove. Someone's worn a white coat and a rubber glove, and that's enough for you to to take a shit delivery up the back door pipe. Why not? It helps you. What does it do? Whose is we going to have? Cures loads of diseases. All right, I'll try it. And also, you know, acidophilus. What you're taking, like Mm -hmm. friendly bacteria. Delicious. That is all taken from one man's poo. No, it ain't. Two years ago. Piss off. This isn't one man's 40-year-old poo. This is a delicious supplement oh, and for a better, grown. All better the bacteria, world. All that stuff, whatever it is, good friendly bacteria, yeah. is grown from samples. So I think it was a Swedish man. I've put up with some stuff from you over the years, but I'm not going to stand this here. This is all from memory. And it like might be a wrong. dope. <laughs> accepting that a Swede, some decades ago, eating tablets, dolloped right? in a Petri yeah. dish, and I'm now eating yeah, it. I'm from Sweden. Yeah. Why don't you eat yeah. some of my poo? You're eating yeah. abobiotics. <laughs> oh, you twerp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here, like you like it, sir. Huh? You like life? Well, I did a little squitzy in the Petri dish, yeah, and now your boots got to eat it. That's not, not Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, it is. That's what they're like, aren't they? No. Oh, hi, I'm from Sweden. Oh, I've done a squitzy. And people from Sweden talk like that if they've... Oh, no, that's Bjork. She's from Iceland. Oh, no. Oh, God. I just done a record. Oh, no. That's that disturbing. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm uncannily accurate. All right. 
I'm right, we are recording this. <laughs> are, we, are we recording? Wait a second, this is recording. This is Russell Brand Podcast. Download it, give it five stars. Matt wanted free stuff. What free stuff did you oh, get, yeah. Matt? You wanted some free beer, didn't you? Fuck all so far. Well, look what Hollywood stars Liam Neeson pursues. Actor Liam Neeson has paid a surprise visit to a restaurant in the Vancouver area after it put a sign up saying he could eat there for free. <gasps> Liam. Staff of the shop made the offer after hearing the star was working nearby to shoot his latest film. They told local media they were completely taken by surprise when he appeared in person. How else could he appear? He can't appear <laughs> as like a sort of orb of consciousness. Yeah, he, did star was. he did, didn't he, actually? No, Liam's got options. Uh, he turned up in person to take his prize the actor used lines from his best known films taken to collect his free meal they said using his famously intimidating voice he inquired where is my free sandwich that's not one of his famous lines in Taken is it <laughs> I went in Taken he's under all that pressure his wife's been taken oh, said, his girlfriend's been taken where is my daughter or whatever he says where is my wife got a special oh. set of skills so I will find you and hunt you sandwich. down that's that's what he says where is my free sandwich I've got some special you, skills I will kill you Oh, God, that was quite intimidating. You're very good at impressions. So, hold on a minute. Someone's taken his girlfriend and his free sandwich. He's going to hunt them down. No, look, he's filming in the I get it. Liam Neeson. He wants a free sandwich. Someone's taken it. I will find you and hunt you down. Yeah? Yeah. Taken two. What happened now? What? Second time. Keep happening. happening. Liam Neeson. He wants a free sandwich. Someone's taken it. (laughs) It's happened again. Oh, no. I will hunt you down. Free, are they? Yeah. I'll find you down. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> yeah, gone. What else has happened to Liam Neeson? Because I'm, I oh, like this, this guy. This is like so. He obviously went along, right? Yep. I, I to mean, Vancouver. What, what was in it for him? Free but, sandwich. I'll hunt oh, you he down. Was filming in the area. He didn't go to Vancouver on a flight. <laughs> I will fly to Vancouver. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll go and fly there and free free sandwich. Oh wait, no. No, he's but look. This is so typical of Hollywood stars, and I include you in this. Don't you dare include me in Hollywood stars. I've seen my pay packet. Very kind. (laughs) The actor's demanding schedule, schedule, however you say that. How do you say it? I will hunt you down. Schedule. Schedule. Meant that he did not stay long enough to eat his prize. <laughs> what an asshole. He just ordered a sandwich. I'll hunt you down. Oh, and then he just sort of hey, dropped it like a handkerchief. Yeah, they all took photos. They went, do you want your sandwich? I'm no, no, no. That shit, I'm famous. I've not got time for that. My daughter's been taken. And I'm going to hunt her down. He was a film. He was real. He's real. Liam but the Lincoln. sandwich is pretend. I get my it. my son. I know. I'm playing a video game with my son. I go, right, it's time for a bath now. And he goes... What, in the game? I say, no, in real life. Mm, I and I have to really work hard to separate real life. <laughs> I understand. Life. I'm not confused. Liam Neeson has taken your son. If you want him back, we give Liam Neeson a free sandwich. But, bath time. But not before bath time, you don't. You're not getting no free sandwiches before your bath, Liam. I'll wash that bit. Liam, take your hands on the edge of the bath. I'll do all the under-the-water washing. There you go, Liam. Liam. Oh, it's going to take longer to wash now. Liam. Liam. <laughs> free sandwich for you for that, mate. You can have all you like. Hey, Russell, Matt and G, says a man from the Alpha Movement. Matt's despair at lack of free stuff made me realise I have something he may want. How does free strength and conditioning sound from one of London's premier strength and conditioning coaches sound? I like that. Of course, shameless name dropping would be appreciated, but it would be good to help someone who's clearly interested in becoming a better version of himself. A better version of him wouldn't be him. It would be someone almost entirely different. Oh, it would be me. But better. But what is you? Well, that's a good question. But <laughs> <laughs> strength and... He hasn't said training at the end of that. He's just said, how does free strength and conditioning... Training, sure. That's from the alpha from one, movement. But that sounds, sounds good like, to me. He sounds like a character in a computer game. 
Hey, I'll give you... Yeah, I'm from the strong. Alpha Movement. Matt, they're going to turn you into a bloody spy. You want to be really careful about this because spying's risky. Look, I'm, I'd be up for that, although mm. it would be from the context of this show. Mm. So talk about who I am. If I went and had free strength and conditioning training yeah. with a real person, yeah. right? Yeah. When I was a real person. Yeah, you're a real person. I am. Am I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I went there, right, yeah. and I'd say, oh, yeah, I need this, and they'd go, right, uh, lift that up. And I'm, I've done some weights. You're tough. Time, right? You're tough, mate. Mm. Look at those guns. Right? That's a gun. That's and, a big gun. That's the mother of all guns. You could, dr- you could ruin a village with that. Absolute shambles of a radio show. Uh-huh. I won't be able to lift a bean. What's your problem? The context I'm in. <laughs> See, the context of being a person in a planet in this at context. Now. If I like, so he's no well, complain about show. the context, so I'm mate. I'm going to go there, and he's going to be sniggering at me. No one's sniggering at you, mate. You're oh, beloved. You're beloved of this man in a gym. Look, he's not offering well, me nothing for free, is he? Go along. Look, go, look at that. One G and Matt, you are excluded from this. No, G and Russ, you are excluded <laughs> from this offer because yeah. I dislike you intensely. Whereas Matt, I'm willing to help. All for you. I'll do it. I'll do it. This is it. Right. Well done. I want it next week, Matt. I'd like to see you ripped, fit as a fiddle, and in talking like Gerald. Yeah. Get yourself. Get yourself wearing something see-through, something tight, something snug. Don't be ashamed. I want to see those lads. Hmm? Actually, I want to see them right up close. Strength and conditioning training. My upper back. What's wrong with it now? Yeah, that's a bit. Of course it will. Posture. It's going to work. It's going to work. The way you live. Lower back problem. You spend all your time pretend, doing pretend swimming as an imaginary man. Your back's going to work. Yeah, that's true. Drowning. Dra- drowning in a pretend universe. Like the rest of us, really, in many respects. Email here. A lady listener who goes by the lame name of Calico. Congratulations on your dramatic return to radio. Thank you, thank you. I wanted to share with you an embarrassing thing that happened to me the other day. It involves you boys. I was working nine to five at my desk job at a large corporate open plan office when I decided to nourish my soul with a bit of the old weekly radio extra brand podcast. Usually this place is definitely you quiet and all that no can be heard. No one's understanding that. Yeah, Why not? Him. Why? It's easy. It's just quick talking. It sounds like a train. Well, she just was listening to our podcast. Take your brain to another dimension. I take your brain to another dimension. Play close attention. Please do play close attention. You know, like, yeah, read it like an email. Invest in it. it yeah, but I've realised I've done enough podcasts now and I've got to come home. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've not got time to eat this sandwich. Yeah. I'm out of here. Her email halfway through. The girlfriend's been taken. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing the Hollywood thing that Matt said that yeah, Hollywood you people don't do. Eat, I ain't got time to read this email. Eat the sandwich. Eat the sandwich. Eat, eat, eat. Uh, Hold on, listen, guys. I ain't got time to write no more email because <laughs> I'm a busy lady with a life to lead. Anyway, oh, keep it up. I must say, yeah. clamp down on Matt Morgan. I think he's on the very precipice of something dangerous and dramatic. Watch him. Watch him closely. Well, thank you, Calico. That Come was a- on, read a story. Uh, why don't you read it if you love us so much? I'll read it. If you love us so much, why don't you read it in your Matt Morgan Freeman? Shush. Yeah, do it in the voice. Do it in the voice. Oh, I'm not doing it. I can't oh, do a whole please, email. Please, please. Fuck Freeman. it, fuck it. Oh God. oh, God. Let me just read you this say out. Fuck you can say fucking fucking podcast. Once you've said her name, you've you can say can you fuck. <laughs> I was working at my nine-to-five desk job in a large corporate open plan office when I decided to nourish my soul with a bit of the old weekly Radio X Russell Brand podcast. Good idea. Usually this place is deathly quiet, deathly quiet and oh. all that can be heard is the tapping of keyboards. Mm. When I unplugged my headphones and picked up my laptop thinking I'd pause said podcast. I'm creating atmosphere. That's brilliant. And so I'm ruining utter the computer. shock and surprise, your voice rang out loud and manic as ever around <laughs> the office. Mortified, I managed to hit the mute button too late. By that point, everyone realised I'd been listening to Russell Brand and I was ashamed. Never be ashamed. I, I paraphrased the end of that. Uh, uh, did you add the word shame? Yes. Hmm. But she does say much love and embarrassment. Listen, never be ashamed of who you are and what you are, yeah? Never, always just be, don't be afraid to be who you are and what you are, yeah? Don't be afraid to listen to whatever podcast you listen to, yeah? 
Just be yourself, yeah, Calico. Never be ashamed. One of the main messages of this podcast is you can be who you want to be. And you can be free, yeah? One of the reasons I'm able to exist in so many contexts, whether it's politics, whether it's Hollywood, and all those other ones I've not been able to exist in, it's because of my understanding of a central truth and deep spiritual love. I've got a book coming out. One day you'll read yeah, that you book. Yeah, you have. What's mm. it about? Bees. Bees. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about? Just, I just went in that beehive oh, the other day, and it's chaos in there. You went in a beehive? Well, I opened it up with the bee man, uh-huh. Anthony, the bee man. We pulled out there. got a bee man? I thought you were the bee man. I'm training to be a bee man. I will be a bee man, but I can't be a bee man yet, G. You're going to be a bee man, G. So you, You've got to learn the ABCs of bees before you can be a bee man. You can't just leave me no being a bee man. You. He's the A man. You're the bee man. In some yeah, sense. you're right. I, I'm probably a C or a D man, to be honest. I mean, I've been telling the G man I'm at best a C man. <laughs> but I want to be a bee man, and I will be a bee man. We took out them bees. There's honeycomb, all full of gunk. Larvae, honey, delicious gunk. All the gunk in there, there's stingy gunk. (laughs) I don't, you know what, Matt? I've realised something. I made a mistake. I've bought 60,000 stingy (laughs) insects to live in my house. They come in the house, mate. We could have told you that. There was a bee in the bedroom, there's a bee in the kitchen. Wasps are coming, they think it's a free for all. Wasps. 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 They're not even friends, they're enemies. I hate them. Laura, my girlfriend, killed one. Now, I'm against that. The I bee. said, usher it out. Not the bee, the wasp. Because oh, you're yeah. apparently you're allowed to kill a wasp. Kill a wasp. I think they're better designed. They've got a lovely, lovely oh, rim. Or helicopter, whereas a bee is like a big, bumbly... Like, no, these aren't fluffy bees. On the Queen's Guards. <laughs> <laughs> a bumblebee, I'm Bumblebee's not the Queen's Guards and a wasp is some sort of evil android. No, that's not reality, Matt. What bees are yours? Are the ones I've got that workers, like fat drones, queens. Yeah, fat wasps. Not even fat wasps. Bumblebees. Just what less vividly coloured. And in that beehive, mate, there's gunk. There's larvae. There's dead bees. It's madness in there. They're thriving. They're writhing. They're sw- I mean, but the thing is, you've got to keep on top of them, otherwise they might just clear off. What was the point of you getting bees? Fly. I'm an idiot. I don't know why. I just said to my girlfriend, after my birthday, she didn't buy me no bees. And I, for some reason, I don't know what came over me. I goes, all I've ever wanted is bees, and you couldn't <laughs> even do that. And I made her feel guilty. Had you guilty. mentioned it, or were you expecting her to be psychic? I expected her to understand it in the hive mind. that bee, A bee would have ironically understood it, because they behave like one consciousness, like people said. If I, if it, like, it ruins summer when bees and wasps are around. And you've it's ruining created. spring. It's ruining yeah. every day of my life. There's bees in the bedroom, there's bees in the kitchen, there's bee, there's a bee on a baby. Russell, why have you done this? You've got a baby. There's bees all over the baby. Take that beehive and kick it into the river. <laughs> the only humane thing to do is to pick that beehive up and kick it in old Imagine Father Timsey's guts. It up and running, screaming with it like a burning pan. <laughs> <laughs> Hugging a big beehive. Oh, ah, damn you! Stings. No, I love those bees. Down. Look, it's going to work out. It's all okay because the hive mind is what Paul McKenna was talking about at the beginning of this show. That there's an interconnected consciousness, and when there's a boxing match, we all get excited. When we meditate, everything's fine. Now, if I can just train these bees Box. to see me, the boxing bees, loving bees, meditating is this bees, because of the replacement of bees, because bees are all dying off. Exactly. Yeah. And I try to help the world. And what do you do? Yeah, but where would they be if you, you didn't have bring them? me down? Somewhere nicer, much nicer, somewhere with less death and less stung babies. (laughs) Now, we can train these bees and everything's going to be okay. Train them? Train them up! Like you, mate, you're getting conditioned, you're getting coached, you're going to be more alpha bees. We're going to have alpha bees and these baby bees, by God... How long does the bee live? 54 days. Less if you squash it with your thumb. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Russell Brand on the Russell Brand podcast. We are providing you with entertainment for a pittance. Thank you very much. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) 
Russell Brand. Radio X. You're listening to Russell Brand live on Radio X. Live, as in it was live when it was happening. I mean, this isn't uh, some sort of cyborg creating this. We're going to have a fantastic show this Sunday. With me, as always, is Matt Morgan. Hello, Matt. Hello. Mr. G's here. Are you doing well? And as I mean, the reason today is particularly special. I mean, for one thing, we're pre- we're pre-record. Hey, Neil, can you put my cans on, mate? Uh, like, <laughs> am I? One of the everyone, no one's cans alive. I Let's love that, that you've got someone to put your cans on. Do they turn the pages, of the script, and? What I've tried to do, Paul McKenna, mm. mystery guest, surprise guest, <laughs> astonishing intervention to the show, is I've tried yeah. to outsource every single <laughs> physical activity conceivable. You know, I love that. Do you know what I'm going to do? Genetically clone myself so I can have them, 10 of them do motivational talks and, um, you know, and I can just be sitting at home on my comfy couch watching Apple TV. The problem is, Paul, that you wouldn't experience any of the pleasure that the genetic clone... Oh, no, clone- you do. Apparently... You t- telepathically, and I'm reliably informed, um, uh, are enjoined. Now, twins have this to an extent, right? So yes. if one, um, they did fascinating experiments where they put um, one twin in one place on a polygraph and, and then the other one somewhere else, and they fire you know, like a starting pistol. And at the exact moment that the one jumps... The one, other twin jumps. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So I would have half of my genetically cloned people in... Enforced pleasure farms. <laughs> you, you genetic. This, this doesn't sound troubling at all. Paul McKenna there is going to ge- genetically create an army of clones, put them into a pleasure farm, and while they lay back in ecstasy, you, yes. Paul McKenna, glum on a couch somewhere, semi sobbing but semi aroused yes. by remote control. Yes, Paul, it's been too long since I've seen you. I mean, no. the reality of this situation for this uh, uh, edition of the Russell Brand Show on Radio X is I just came upstairs mm. in mm. the foyer of the show. There, I, I sense. As I, even as I was ascending the stairs, there's more charisma in this lobby than usual. Oh, I sensed, thank and you. then and mostly it yours. Clear, well, yes, of course. I always it's just a little bit of my own half life. Charisma does bounce back at me off the walls. And the mayor was standing next to us as well. I mean, he's not. An, he's a pretty charismatic. He's not an uncharismatic man. In fact, Paul, I was enjoying talking to you immensely. I've not seen Paul for a couple of years. Last time I saw him, he was probably you know coaxing me through some sort of relationship or getting me out of a relationship or making me feel better about a film or something. Mm. Saw so, Paul. Obviously, my eyes lit up. My heart lit up. Other parts of my body swelled with blood. And, and like, Paul and I locked eyes for a moment. We sort of—it was a beautiful reunion. There was a hug. We started to download information. And then Paul spotted the mayor of London over my shoulder. Went, Russell, I've got to go. And just a shot off towards the mayor know, like a lightning it's, bolt. It's just because um, L- that's one of the things LA does to people. You see, um, go on. Yeah. It, 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 well. For me, it was a wonderful 10 years. I've moved back here now. And I'll tell you how it came about, right? Um, I became good friends with a guy called Robert Evans. If you haven't seen The Kid Stays in the Picture... Oh, the great Robert Evans. Yeah, he produced, like, the Godfather movies. He was married to Ali McGraw. She left him for Steve McQueen. He kidnapped her. I mean, this is, this is Hollywood royalty. So you yeah, became friends with Robert he Evans. He is one of the smartest people I've ever met. Anyway, he, he, so I, I go over and see him a couple of times a week, and he says to me, he's got the best stories. He goes one day, he says... Paul, Henry Kissinger said to me, make three circles. The first one that's big, that's your acquaintances. The next one's smaller, that's your friends. And the third one, that's real small. That's your real friends. People will be there for you, you got to be there for them. Anyway, I did it, right? Mm. And I've got more real friends than I realized. But the majority of them are back here in Europe. And much as I have real friends in L.A., 
Um, you know, I had a terrible year last year, a uh, terrible betrayal and, uh, and all sorts of other stuff. You know, I found out that um, somebody close to me was, was selling stories on all their friends in Alcoholics Anonymous and, uh, and they, they did some disgusting, reprehensible things. So I said, it's time for us to part ways. And she said, well, tell you what, give me half of everything you own and half of everything you're ever going to make. Otherwise, I'm going to make up all kinds of stuff and give it to the papers. And I said, well, you can't do that. They went, under the American First Amendment, we can. You're stuffed. And so you can say anything about anybody in an American court. The judge says, I'm throwing that out. But by that time, it's published. And so <clears throat> what happened was um, uh, I thought, you know what? I had a nice 10 years here in Los Angeles. I achieved everything I wanted. I mean, I visited your house. It was yeah, incredible. We all, we all did. We all went yeah. around your house. It was like I a know, shopping I, centre. I, I, I know. You I, didn't deserve I, it, Matt. You're too. You're uh, too. You're uh, in about uh, the fifth or sixth circle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like the rings of Saturn out there somewhere. And it was four or five days before you left. But um, Not it, a coincidence, I uh, don't think. But anyway. I was holding that city together. <laughs> <laughs> what circle's that person in? You must have pushed them right from the inner circle, which would have been like a, a tight, wrinkly little sphincter wrapped right round you. Right out there now, sure, like the M25, surely? Uh, I'd say closer to Jupiter. Yeah, get them right out there. Exactly. I mean, you look... Paul, are you okay? Because even though this must be difficult, because you're a self-help guru, mm. you're a modern master yes. of the mind and of the spirit. So what, what do you do when something hurts your heart? I go to the governor, Richard Bandler. Bandler, the master of neuro-linguistic programming, the great Richard Bandler, a man who can unravel your own mind, who can hypnotise you into feeling better about yourself. Yeah. But Richard Bandler, he looks like a man who understands the dark arts. They say in yep. a great uh, piece of journalism about you by John Ronson, yes. he said that, uh, like the, but, that Bandler is sort of like a Darth Vader, whereas you're very much more a Luke Skywalker. Did you, you agree with Ronson's well, analysis? You know, I think John... Um, um, yeah, John is brilliant. I love him. And he's an innocent. You know, he, he sort of, and so you open up and, you know, he plays with. That's his. how he interviews you. John Ronson, the UK journalist. Oh, all right. How's it going? Oh, I've just come <laughs> here. I've got a pen and paper. Oh, I'll just write that down. Oh, you've been betrayed by someone you love. It sounds like that, doesn't he? So, what happened with the interview with John was. He brought up all the terrible allegations that have been made about Richard, unfounded and untruthful, but nevertheless, they can find their way onto the internet. And he brought them up and he dismissed them. Right. You know, he, he and I think it was a positive article. Um, Richard said, why do you have to bring it up? I said, well, that's British journalism. Mm. Yeah, you know, you can't. I suppose we love scandal. Even I just bought it out then. Now I know that I know that Richard Bandler is a sort of a brilliant person. Is like who knows how to train you what to use the, your own what mind. Are the rumors. What are the? Uh, well, they're not. Uh, uh, okay, so he was tried for murder. He was tried for murder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> However, the jury a took a rumor that he murdered someone. Uh, yes. Well, um, the jury took twenty minutes to acquit him. Because it was nonsense. You will find me innocent, innocent, innocent. <laughs> I mean, not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the power. I mean, like, of course, no, we're being sort of frivolous about something that's obviously quite serious. But, mm. Paul, we want to talk to you more mm. about the powers of the mind, about how we can control our own consciousness, how, you know, as living human beings that are going to face anxiety and fear, there are ways that we can manoeuvre our way out of it. But mm. first of all, this is a radio show, so we've got to, got to play a little bit of music. And in this case, it's the Smiths. There is a light that never goes out that light i call paul mckenna 
Back on Radio X with Paul McKenna and Russell Brand, Matt Morgan and Mr G. Go on, UK want to talk to Nick Ferrari. Now, he does very serious interviews, like that one with Diane Abbott, where Diana Abbott goes, oh. I'm going to have 100 coppers, we're going to pay him a penny a piece. <laughs> so wait, <laughs> wait, 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 I, can, I can tell you what it costs, I can tell you what it costs, and the desperation that was unfortunate. I mean, She just missed a couple of zeros. In, she said 300,000, it was 300 million. I, I say we let Diane Abbott off that. But you were with Nick Ferrari, go on. Well, yeah, I was just talking about this. Um, I've just we completed a study with King's College. Um, um, a friend of mine developed this uh, psychological technology. Um, uh, it's called Havening, and uh, you may have seen the story this week in the Sun about the brave seven um, uh, seven first responder police officer, rookie cop. You know, um, he uh, was first on the scene, uh, and Russell. Oh, what it, scene? Seven 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 saw the most horrific. Horrendous stuff ever. Anyway, he goes to see every, um, you know, you see psychiatrists, therapists, nothing gets him over his 10-year PTSD, post-traumatic stress hell. Uh, with this new technology, 28 minutes cured. With Havening? Who cured him with this Havening? You? Me, in front of 150 doctors. But look, look I took I took the King's College... Are you for real, Paul? You can, in 28 minutes, you can Some cure... people. I can't cure everything in 28 minutes. Because Matt's dying to be cured of something, yeah. aren't you? I'd love to have a... Yeah, yeah, okay. What's wrong with you now? Well, I can't say on air. <laughs> um, what is it, just generally a bit That's... nervousness? I'm nervous. We're all nervous. We're all a bag of nerves. I mean, if you look uh, around this country, everyone in Britain is terrified. Yes. If you've got those yeah. powers, and yeah. you, I mean, obviously that's an example of you using them for good. Yes. But... Look, though people like you and Richard Bandler, and to a degree, a lesser degree, me, who have got some <laughs> <laughs> who have got charismatic powers, mm. shouldn't we be using them to help everyone? I mean, this is a time of great anxiety. Yes. Trump in America, Brexit here, well, and whether you agree with Brexit or not, it's because people are sort of anxious and nervous and fearful. Yes. Can't we use these powers to make an actual better world well, instead of um, just buying you a, a bigger house and me a sexier cottage? Actually, I'm selling my big house. Um, I'm going to <laughs> live in a little tiny one with a nice little arga, a comfort couch and Apple TV. Um, coming back to it, yes, because it's I tell Apple you, Apple TV a lot. Uh, Apple TV, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, look, <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say is, Frankfurt right school. now, you're right. The world is immersed in fear-based aggression. Every time I turn on the TV or open a newspaper, we're under attack. In mm. fact, um, uh, front page of France's most popular um, newspaper the other day after the terrorist attack was France is in trauma. And um, do you know what's interesting? Um, I'm going to let you into one of my projects this year. Is every time there's a boxing match, this bloody radio show from one of your projects, you've hijacked it beautifully. I mean, look, we're all just on the, we're just all on a ride with Paul McKenna now. But that's right. Go on. Every time there's a boxing match, what what happens? Um, you may find it relisted on the this website as the Paul McKenna show with special guest Russell Brown. It can only help. <laughs> it can only help. Listen. All right. So every time there's a boxing match, the murder rate goes up as much as twelve point four percent in some areas. Now, when you take two thousand meditators and you stick them in a city uh, for two weeks and they meditate, the violent crime goes through the floor done more than 50 times right so, so 50 times this has been proven 2,000 people meditating will lower the crime rate of a city now I'm involved with the David Lynch Foundation so I those are actually it was the David Lynch Foundation I think that put on hmm. that experiment with the TM people yeah so, so what happens when a boxer meditates um do you know why you you've got such a left pop. field brain uh, I tell you what um, it depends when he meditates during during the match Bad idea. It's going um, to be a TKO. You see, in a sense, um, uh, um, 
Let me come back to it. Yeah, okay. so, so, right. don't, don't, end of the show. Dude, that's right. a silly question. Let, let, yeah. let no, 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 Paul no, McKenna no, explain to us what happens. Because so, the point must be, if the crime rate goes up when there's a boxing match on, or the crime rate goes down when there's meditation, apparently our consciousness are affecting one another. That seems to be the big point. peace field effect. Okay, boxers meditate after the fight and make yourself calm. Uh, just before um, you're about to go into the ring, don't. That's just my piece of advice. Now, what has happened is, a friend of mine, you know him, Genpo Roshi, the Zen master. Big mind. Yeah, yeah Zen master Genpo Roshi. Yeah. When we, we met once in New York, and, mm. and you taught me a, an amazing meditative technique where you experience feelings of deep peace and deep transcendent love by you talking us through various stages. In minutes, right? So he's, he's managed to really annoy the Zen community because... Which isn't easy because they're quite relaxed. Exactly. <laughs> but if you've been sitting in Lotus for 20 years and he can now and they've done they've done the test at Utah University take someone who's meditated for 20 years map map the brain scan right and then take somebody off the street who's never meditated and 20 minutes later they've got the identical pattern so plumbers accountants teachers all these people who haven't been going to the Zen monastery and sitting in Lutas um, are getting taught uh, how to get into that Samadhi Satori state. Now, what I'm saying is this. I've made a little movie. <clears throat> it's 10 minutes long. First three minutes are neuroscientists and doctors explaining the peace field effect. Yeah? It's very simple. You've got a piano in one corner. This is the law of sympathetic resonance. Piano in one corner of a room, piano in another. You hit a C chord on one, the C chord on the other vibrates. So this You've is... You've got too many pianos. Right. You need to invest your money in some other instruments. Okay, so Who are you, Elton John? What's right. in the middle of the room? David Furnish? Crying his eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> so, for example, Adolf Hitler, one of his favourite books was The Crowd by Gustave Le Bon. In other words, if you get everyone riled up and full of hate, right, mm. then everyone else around you does. If you get everyone calm... I'm getting relaxed now. Right? So if you've got a violence-addicted media who are telling you you're under attack all the time... Now, to an extent, they're right. <laughs> but, oh, you're so nuts, man. No, I'm not nuts. I'm actually... No, uh, you're, you're advanced. Rest, we, look, I agree with every single nuts. thing you're saying. We are creating a state of consciousness where fear is so prevalent that's that right. it's self-perpetuating. based aggression. And the two examples that you gave of when there's a boxing match, it cre- you know, I know that like, you've told me before that in A&E and emergency rooms, violent crime goes up. And I know from my experience with the transcendental meditation people that, yes. if, that when people meditate in a city, the crime rate falls. Yes. So I suppose our obligation is to create a society where more people are meditating, a media that's more responsible, but it's going to be difficult because obviously... No, it's people, not. No, it's not. This isn't is what, it? Because people in no. a state of fear buy more stuff. No, exactly. But I've got a solution. He's got the solution. You ready? Paul McKenna has solved the riddle. Here what we go. What is it, Paul? So... I've uh, taken Genpo's um, big mind. I've done my own funky little NLP version, and I can do it in seven minutes now. Wow. So basically, I'm, I'm wondering whether to call this movie um, Change the World in Seven Minutes, or You Can Change the World. But I'm going to stick it on YouTube for free. I'm going to ask all the powerful people with big social media following, like yourself, to aggregate their audience together to say, watch this movie, Change the World. I'm, I, I'm, this, I'm not making any money out of this. Um, uh, I purely, you don't need it now. You need a sofa and Apple TV, your overhead's going to be nothing. That's right. Well, not not if um, not not if we actually have endless, um, you know, um, 
at the moment. Don't we, download we, too many box sets. No, uh, but other than yeah. that, I think you're going to be safe, Paul. Yeah. So, like, so you've created a seven-minute route to enlightenment, uh, like, because you, it, it's within us all. The potential for peace is mm. within us. We yes. all make a decision to move into the external world to define ourselves by materialism and consumerism because it is the dominant frequency of the system we live in. I've told you this before, and I'll tell you again, and we'll discuss it more. But ironically, it's after the adverts. <laughs> Russell Brand Radio X. So lovely to see you again. It's like uh, it's like the old days. It's like the old days. Do you know? It's like the old days when, first of all, you said Paul McKenna wants to have sex with a monkey. We're and back on Radio X. Paul McKenna <laughs> wants to have sex with a monkey. No, no, I think no, we no, all remember that. No, no it's high a, point in the uh, Radio Two days. To think that wasn't one of our scandals. Paul McKenna <laughs> wants to have sex with well, a monkey. Actually, on the BBC website, it said Paul McKenna discusses his love of primates tonight on the Russell Brand Show. That's that's how. Yeah, I remember you saying my mum thought that listened to the show. She, she said, said it was undignified. I, 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 she, she said I demeaned. You said she said to me, "You've demeaned yourself." Right. <laughs> then, then, right. What made it worse? What made it worse was um, you kept every time next in the, in the ne- next week's show you kept saying, "Careful, you might upset. Pa- careful, you might upset Paul McKenna's mother." Right? That's my impression of you. <laughs> anyway, so she he keeps talking about me, <laughs> but I think secretly she loved it. I mean, do you want to do a shout out to Joan McKenna? Joe McKenna, we're here with your boy. He's done really well. You know he's had his challenges. You remember him when you cradled him <laughs> in your arms. We remember him when he was a, like a telehypnotist, when he was a capital radio DJ. Now, look at the heights to which he has risen, the things he has overcome. But he's still demeaning himself <laughs> on the Russell Brand show. And he still likes a little monkey cuddle. One yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we all had to say which animal we'd have sex with. Yeah, you started that. I, and Noel Gallagher said... Offer that information. You said flamingo. Oh, was it because of the egg, the egg hole? I said tiger. Egg yeah, you hole, said you like to say stand on one leg, sexy. <laughs> what's I it, what's said tiger because you know me. I like it wild. I don't Gee, I don't think yeah. you participated. Yeah, uh, you're too left field. Oh, you're I too didn't, out there. I want to demean myself. You know? uh, uh, Paul yeah. McKenna went, I like Helena Bonham Carter in oh, Planet yeah. of the Apes. <laughs> She's gorgeous. <laughs> I'd do it with her in a heartbeat. Like he'd already been thinking it before the question <laughs> came up. <laughs> what did Robbie Williams say? He came up with one really. I think you said. So Robbie Williams, I think, said giraffe. Giraffe. Yeah, he goes, well, I'd be able to see things far away or something like that. <laughs> he had his own unique reasoning for it. And here we are back. Yes. But now I think we've all learned a little bit more. We've all been sort of somewhat battered and bruised by the Hollywood system. We've all gone yes, through different have. kind of personal, <laughs> sort of, I don't know, experiences that have been somewhat painful. Well, yes, Now what also, are we going to do, Paul? Oh, let me, like, do you, like, this is a quote from the great and sadly late Mark Fisher, a sort of a communist theorist, Marxist writer. He said, it's easier, it's easier for us to envisage the end of the world than yes. it is the end of Capitalism, meaning mm. that sort of it's hard for us to think of. Well, what kind of system could we have? You mm. know, like now you've mm. condensed it down to a seven-minute enlightenment video. But mm. do you genuinely see, like, you move among powerful people? I bet you've like done work with proper top CEOs, those people that actually control the, the, world. the most powerful people in the world is who I work for at the moment. Uh, the richest. <laughs> I'm so sinister, Paul. Like, um, the oh, most James, powerful uh, James Bond villain. I work for um, them. I do their bidding. Uh, well, on yeah, I mean, these. Yeah, some of them are rich and dangerous. Uh, and power, but they're powerful, and most of them wield their power well. Because otherwise, I won't work for them unless you know I they wield not... their power well. Do they, Paul? So who do you work for then? Trump. Trump. I can't Who's te- the best ones? I can't tell you. What about Trumpkins Pumpkin? Have you had a go of Trump? Trump. I tell you what. Trump. Put, Trump. I tell you what, if you put Donald Trump China into Google, yeah. I dare you not to laugh your ass off. It's All right. so 
Donald it's Trump a really genius China. piece of editing. The editing is so brilliant. And whether you like him or don't like him, um, you know, whether you... Um, Just to clarify, I like him. <laughs> Good. Well, he has done uh, 29 of the 75 things he promised to do, hasn't he? Has he? Yeah. And he didn't accept the Nobel Prize for... Um, uh, Who offered him a Nobel Prize? <laughs> Sorry, they offered Obama the Nobel Prize yeah. for oh, peace. Right. And then he got involved in seven wars, including restarting the Cold War with Russia. Mm. Uh, then there's the economy, then there's Obamacare. Yeah. Great diplomat. Bureaucrat. Trumpkin. No, Obama. But Obama, he has yeah, charismatic. Like, yeah, charismatic, because he's got someone like me telling him how to do it, just as Clinton does. They all got people, there's always a Machiavellian puppeteer behind the scenes of all and these the great powerful men. should not be and decided women. by a bunch of psychologists like me. Sorry, Paul, right? You, you say you work with really, really powerful people. Yeah. From your experience of working with such powerful mm. people, what would you say is their main weakness? <sighs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. What is the weakness dun, 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 dun. of the powerful? Uh, Paul okay, some there isn't a weakness. Um, in fact, no, but everybody's got a weakness. Um, what are you trying to do? Work out our no, chess no, no, game, the powerful. Some of them, it's um, they'll, they'll, they'll never be enough. They're, they're insecure. Someone like Adolf Hitler is deeply insecure, right? I, don't, I didn't. Yeah, work. You don't work with Adolf Hitler. No, no, I'm saying that's right. That's why I choose an example uh, out of context, right? But um, anyone who uh, who feels so less than has to externalise, you know, to such a great extent and end up running Western Europe. Um, some of the people... I'm are, so are, bloody insecure. I'm going to have to take over Western Europe just to right. unwind at the end yeah, of the evening. That's right. No, yeah. I, I do think that. Every time I see, uh, like, uh, sort of Theresa May, for example, on the television, or any political leader, I'm just using her as an example, I wouldn't like to influence the outcome of an election. Uh, every time I see Theresa May on the television, I think, my God, you must really want power for some reason. What is this? Uh, what You must feel diminished some inwardly. Some of them are motivated by thinking they're right and they can help people. Yes, Who, I, though? Which one? Even just, Theresa May might yes, be. She yes. might think, no, this well, is When she's at home, she's at, it's bedtime, she combs her wig, she takes out her fangs, and she goes, <laughs> and she says, right, how can I help people today? Yes, yeah. You genuinely I think... think, think way, I think may, I'm not saying her... I bet she's got I an embroidered blanket. People, I don't think it's <laughs> I bet it's embroidered. That. You might be, yeah. Um, but. Do, do you know, I've not met her, right? <clears throat> um, I've met many other... Um, powerful people and I would say an answer to Dee's question is some are driven um, from insecurity mm. some are driven just by total conviction they think they're right I've never met Donald Trump I suspect that he's somebody who is you know the problem with that is you've got to be able to take in feedback because if not you can end up where Margaret Thatcher did she wasn't listening to the feedback at the end incredibly <laughs> driven person yeah right? Uh, can you, using your neuro-linguistic programming skills, your awareness of tells, the way that people use their body, the way people yes. use language, can yep. you tell what psychological type people are and tell their vulnerabilities and um, tell what they're driven by just by looking at bits of footage? Yes, uh, but we don't really do it. Well, actually, some of my, my colleagues do more of that sort of thing. Um, yes, and uh, you know, you can tell if you're, they're lying or something. It's more important to be able to say, how can you get somebody, a campaign or a politician, to be believed Mm. Uh, because, for example, um, <clears throat> if you look at um, the way the Americans do it, so Cialdini—he's not my opposite number. He's—he's he's an. Who is Cialdini? Robert Cialdini is one of the world's most eminent social psychologists. He advises Clinton, for example. Now, as you probably noticed, what she did during her campaign and debates with Trump was she every time she 
talked about something negative, she put her hand to the right to anchor it to him. Ooh. She then looked up to the left and read the auto cue in her head that Cialdini had written for her. Unfortunately, she smirked at the end of, of, of each answer. No one likes a smirk, do they? In Never fact, smirk. Well, do you know, the thing is, in the research, it showed that um, it wasn't just people voting for Donald Trump, it was voting against Clinton. Mm. Yeah, because they could tell she wasn't sincere, because she's reading a teleprompt, she's not speaking from the heart. And uh, although I would say, immaculate performer. You can't distill personal charisma. Or can you? I now, you can. Are we going to play a record? Let's, uh, okay, we, we can keep playing on because, like, you know, the fact is, Paul, like, you know, there are numerous techniques. There are loads of things that you can teach people. But, mm. like, we're living at a time, actually, where we need some sort of authentic change, where we need some kind of real connection. We're yes. living at a time yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. seems yeah, kind yeah. of troubling, whether it's on the personal level of all of us experiencing kind of fear around our families, mm-hmm. concern about our bodies, yeah. anxiety about who we are, or on a social, political, international level. So, like, you know, we, we don't need leaders that are faffing around reading bloody auto cues in the head go. and ultimately doing the, exactly. the bidding of the super powerful. Do you know, we live in an age... Look, for example, years ago... Um, the gold standard for a woman was Marilyn Monroe. Now it's a coat hanger. And, you know, how'd that happen? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the field research on that? (laughs) No, but what I'm saying is, hey, look, with social media, for example, which, you know, I think is good, but the bad thing is, uh, is that all these kids are getting, they, they sit down and they put their phone next to you on the table. They're not so present with you anymore. Mm. They're, they're getting a dopamine hit from the amount of likes they get on their social media. So you're right. Where do we find these people? Um, I think, um, uh, I don't think the world's just going to suddenly change. Uh, Chomsky says right now, because geopolitically... So you like Chomsky. Chomsky I was thinking him. about Noam Chomsky before. Like After Chomsky dies, he will be regarded, I think, in the same sort of vein as like sort of Max Weber or Marx, great thinkers that actually changed the world. And he's like still a bloke that's alive. And I was thinking, if I met Noam Chomsky, do you know I'd ask him? I'd go, do you get a bit like dispirited, Noam, that you've come out of all this stuff, you've, you've sussed out the score, you've said this is how media works in collaboration with government, how transnational corporations get their agenda across. You've literally explained all of it, and it's not made a blind bit of difference. <laughs> Everyone's just like, you've spent your whole life doing it. And everyone's just like, he's right about that. Right, come on, let's crack on. I think he has. And also, Russell, I think um, even after he's died... It will, or he will always make a difference. Manufacturing consent, thought control, and a, de- a democratic society is a masterpiece. But not only that, um, you, you know, when you see him speak, he is just so concise. He's not been frightened to take on the establishment. You know, he's a genius linguist, but also an amazing political activist. He says, right now, the stakes are high. I say this the Chinese call this age we live in right now Wei Qi. Two characters one means danger, the other means opportunity. It's Wei Chi time. You're listening to the Russell Brand Show. This is Wei Chi. This is Wei Chi with Mr. G and Matt Morgan, Paul McKenna and me. We're experiencing some high Wei Chi. Now, a little while ago, Paul McKenna, who's glancing at his watch right now, which is a tell. I've done a little, I've read these books. I know what that means. Hmm, I better go. I only came here to go on Nick Ferrari's show, but I'm still in the room. I saw Sadiq Khan downstairs. Then I cuddled Russell. Oh, my God. Did I say too much at the beginning of the interview? I better hypnotize Russell like I did at the end of a meal once. We've had a great meal. You had a lovely starter. <laughs> and then you enjoyed your main course. We will see each other again. Yes, Paul. We will see each other again. I like doing it with monkeys, so as I do. <laughs> Sorry, Mum. Forgive me, Mother. I'll never forgive you. You demeaned yourself, Paul. Now, what does it say when you Google Donald Trump China? What's the answer? Just just play it. Just play the audio. Say China. 
China, 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 China. He says it in a variety of ways. Well, yeah, but well, listen, they've got his intonation, you see. China, 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 China. Why did you want us to listen to that, Paul? Uh, wait, 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 wait. China, 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 China. No, you've got to see it. <laughs> you've got to see it. We're on the radio. You know how this medium works, Paul. I don't need to tell you that. All right, here's the, here's the best bit. <laughs> the best bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's the bit. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. Paul McKenna has just taken us through Donald Trump saying China. He's really committed to that. Well, there you go. I thought you would entertain you. I had tears. It does entertain me. It's beautiful. It's lovely. I I mean, but I thought it was going to be like the revelation of some sort of geopolitical secret. If you need to know the answer to why the world's in the state it is, I've been speaking to Gemco. He can make you enlightened in 15 seconds while you're eating the croissant. And then you've showed this bloody Donald Trump saying China again and again and again. I mean, you've made me feel better. Yeah, go on. I I thought, you know, look, I understand there is a sort of undercurrent of political... Um, and you know social awareness, if you like, in this show very much. But, but I bring that. Yeah, G and Matt drag it down. Yeah, but I'm saying it's also entertainment. And, <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, that, I can't be responsible for that. That entertained the living daylights out of me. <laughs> the living daylights. <laughs> Paul McKenna, it's been too long. Oh, Not no. since we've seen you, but you've been on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been too long since we've seen you. I love you, Paul McKenna. You, you are a great man. We want you on this show at least once a month. Can you commit to that now that I you live in this country? To, I commit to being on this show once a month. He held up his hand. China, 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 China. <laughs> That's Paul McKenna. Let's have some adverts. Oh, See you after the break. This, this is... is. Radio X. Russell Brand. You are listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. Is that Paul McKenna's mic? I'll take Paul McKenna's mic down now. Well, that that, that was a dream, wasn't it? Paul McKenna. Amazing. Eh? Wow. Who was that masked man? <laughs> <laughs> we just like I ran into him in the foyer. And like, there he is. That's Paul McKenna. He, he reminds me of, what's it? Is it Rick Mayall in that Black Adder episode, Flash? He's like Lord yeah, Flash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's if anything, he's become more Paul McKenna, hasn't he? He's Yeah, to the max. He's like, his energy. Full on. He's really mad. I mean, because he was always Paul McKenna, but he's gone into being more Paul McKenna. Also, he, the, his whole vibe before was quite sort of controlled. Yes. And now he's like... He's really... Lit- also, he was very interested in what he was saying. He's was, gone off the hook, hasn't he? I'm well up for that. What do, you, what do you mean you're well up for it? Why well, are you looking the, all um, mysterious? Well, all that stuff he was talking about, pianos and <laughs> resonance and... Here's some things. Well, you, you told me to look at that rice resonance thing, where they, they put a, they put vibrations through rice granules, and you see the remarkable patterns that emerge. Salt. They put salt on top of a speaker. If you put, if you Google salt sound, I think sound mm. waves salt. That's it. On YouTube, you'll see it. But well, that's different. That's just maths, isn't it? It's just, well, I suppose everything's just maths. I mean, in a way, it's a linguistic choice. I mean, the, the, but like uh, the piano resonance thing. That's, that's maths as well, though. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just a linguistic choice. We could talk. We could be, well, we yeah. could be saying the same thing in French. It's, uh, maths, I think, is simply a language. Like it's not like it's not like it has any superiority. It's just a different kind of specificity. What I think is interesting about talking to Paul McKenna there is he's gone nuts. <laughs> 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 no, he's amazing. He was always an amazing man. I hope he's going to be in our lives a lot more. Yeah, he, yeah. he said he wanted to to, to release a hip hop album. 
That's I'm the first thing release, he said to me. Right? He came in and just said, I'm going to release a hip-hop album. And then he rapped. He, he did rapped. a little rap before yeah. we started. He said, I can rap. Listen to this. After what we just went through, I can't believe we didn't get the best bit. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing, isn't he? Oh, we love you, Paul. Thank God Paul McKenna is back say, in our lives. I, I, do, I want him to hypnotise me. Yeah, but, but what is it? What is it? Because well, I didn't really want to mention on air. It sounds like I can't get an erection, but it's not that. Okay, go on. What is it? I'll get rid of them. You can't get. You've got oh, an okay. erection problem. No, I haven't. But it was just no. It's just sort of like psychological stuff where you worry about stupid things. And mm. I remember hearing. Oh, it's nothing to do with erections. I've, oh, no. you, I've never known well, you like have a problem with erections. Oh no, it's always it's yeah. It's always been there when I've needed it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never literally ever had that problem. I consider it the I've fourth emergency kind of service. Your erection <laughs> when you absolutely need it. Matt Morgan and his erection will be there for um, you. No, but I. Just anxiety, general anxiety. Well, John Monson, you told me this. Is this public knowledge? That yeah, it's in John an article. Monson used to worry about his uh, family when he was in New York, for instance, right? Mm. And they were in England. And he'd phone at like 2 a.m. and go, Is everyone all right? Right? And wake them all well, up. Well, not really, John, because you keep ringing us at 2 a.m. The children and, were asleep. And he was like chronic worrier about his family. Mm. Paul, like about five minutes with Paul McKenna. Never thought about him again. That's what he said. No, he's le- he hasn't left his family. Okay, so. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rock star now. I don't care about my kid. Yeah, he's like, I mean, he's he's remarkable. The fact, I suppose, well, when I first met Paul, what I thought was interesting is that he's able to treat consciousness and the mind as if it's a kind of algorithm. But, like, you can also tell, the fact is, well, we are all, like, human beings. When we talk about, like, uh, like the only people that I think are, like, I've encountered that are genuinely different, people like Eckhart hole where you think that guy's toppled over to the other side and what that sort of means in my experience of them is that like they they uh have ex- excluded passion from their life yeah. their kind Eckhart Tolle is just so enlightened that nothing makes a difference I goes what about like I've spoken to him on the phone once I got his phone number I troubled him I was like calling him up all the time because I got his number just to interview him and then I just would start ringing him going Eckhart I'm feeling a bit down in the dubs oh it's you again now listen even if this relationship does work out and you have children Soon, both of you will die, and then you will be in your grave. <laughs> like, that's, that's it, basically. I can't talk. And I, I goes to him, do you care that like Germany have just won the World Cup? This is when it was. And he went... No, German. I don't care. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle was a German. I do not care. What do you do, Eckhart, if you have an argument with your wife? Well, I just simply walk away into another room until she is more calm, or wife or partner or whatever it was. I can't remember the details. But what I'm saying is, is that actually, when a person, once you, if you, in Buddhism, there is one of them, I don't know, aphorisms or maxims or whatever, that is, uh, the father can see that the house is on fire. The children do not know and continue to play in the house. But the father knows, oh, the house is on fire. We have to leave the house. Meaning the material world, it's all going. It's all going. So anything you attach to, you're going to lose it. Now, Eckhart Tolle, it's like he lives like that. So you could say to him, oh, Eckhart, your latest book's it's, it's bombed or whatever. And go, okay. Like, and he'll just be as happy as he on a park bench or whatever. He's not changed. To the if, he, if he doesn't know the beauty of ecstasy or the pain of agony, what's the point of life? This is the question, because the material world, the flesh, we are like carnal beings. And I wonder that. I wonder if I would want to, like, you know, this is the question. Do you, because if the price of enlightenment is a kind of, is non-attachment, meaning yeah, like... In, when you um, allowed me to learn meditation by sending the David Lynch Foundation around my house... Allowed. That's a nice way to phrase it. I'm really confused by that <laughs> <laughs> language. Uh, well, I was going to say you paid for me to. 
but I don't know if you did. No, they. what I've done is I do charity work for them, David Lynch Foundation. So there you go. If every one of your mates needs to learn how to meditate, let us know. And I go, well, let me tell you, bloody does need Matt Morgan to get around his house quick sharp. No, they came round and taught me and my wife to meditate. But I did it, Transcendental Meditation, 20 minutes in the morning, twenty about four or five days. Mm. And you, it's so effective. Effectively, it's just sitting down and zoning out, isn't it? And repeating yeah. the mantra in your head and whatever. But... I found it so effective, I felt a bit panicky that I'd gone too detached. Like, I'd be walking around just thinking, this isn't really happening. You should talk to him about this that, because I think, I've heard, excuse me, like, the bloke who taught me, Bob Roth, he told me that, like, that happens to people that have got a particularly easy access to spirituality, that you'll just go, hold on a minute, this don't mean nothing. Yeah, like, I get that all the time, I have it all the time. Well, it's now. true, isn't it? It doesn't. So, Remember But, but you you've got children Apple and charger. you've got wife. I, was, I, went, I went to find my charger for my laptop, and went and got mm. it, and picked it up. And I had this like flash moment of like, you know how um, tech, like you clear up your house and you find like an old iPhone charger that doesn't fit anymore, whatever, yeah. and it's all a bit yellow, yellow, and you just get that. It was all yellow. It was all yellow. <laughs> well, it, I just picked it up and I had a flash of that in the future is going to be completely meaningless. That's going to be yellow. Mm. Look at me. I'll all be yellow. dead. Look at my children. They'll be adults. Yellow. All these things will turn yellow. I know, but that is that is so what's that mean? Like that's I'm enlightenment. I mean, that's enlightenment. Like, so if you're driving down a shopping, it's feel very nice. But some of it isn't nice because we're used to pleasure and stimulation and excitement. When I was like coming in here to work this morning, going to, like past Bond Street and all the posh shops, and you see all the stuff organised nicely in the window, well, these are just material objects, excessive objects that we don't actually need or require. And one day, either tomorrow or some other time in the future, these things are going to dissolve into nothingness. What are you putting out, my lovely your leather trousers and your jewellery? Oh, they'll they'll last a little while. Hold on a minute. That's a, that's a little gift. This is a little gift from my girlfriend on the birth of our little daughter. And these jeans are. Oh, I've got to be honest. Bloody terrific. This isn't a raw blood. Lights out. Russell Brand. This is Radio X. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. I'm here with Matt Morgan and Mr. G. And we're talking about the dissipation of the material world and the painful aspects of enlightenment. I mean... Coming, right? Go on. See what you think about this. Go on, mate. I've been playing uh, video games a lot, right? Mm. And then Me now, too. Me when too. I, when I'm out in the real world, I was walking through the woods, take my son to school, because you can go through the woods, right? It's mm. a shortcut. And I Sounds like a fairy story, I don't like this. Beautiful, there's a stream and everything. I looked at the leaves and thought, graphics are good on those leaves, that's really good, <laughs> that's really well rendered. Well, but like Elon ages. Musk and all those people think that we are living in a constructed yeah. reality, but that's just a different metaphorical way for describing the phenomena of reality, that consciousness through the senses is experiencing physical phenomena. I mean, like, even you listening to my voice now, you are understanding and, commun- and, and interpreting vibrations in your own mind, in your own consciousness. Me too, mate, I've been playing too much computer games i'm playing too much assassin's creed black flag it's quite an old game the thing is is you get to be a pirate captain and i love managing that pirate ship uh, i'm mean, like lads <laughs> come on land ahoy and I, I, have, I get so immersed in it i just have to go hold on a minute you've got a young daughter do not <laughs> favor your imaginary pretend life as a manager of a pirate ship but what is it that you, because like you get the feedback from those games now that's like you've achieved something well done i love that achievement it's harder to get that in real life so yeah. then you might just play video games I went out and played with my I went out and played with my dog and like I tried to reward I tried to think of it in the same way I tried to sort of think right I've thrown the ball for the dog now and the dog seems happy is this the... It's my gold coins. Well, I want a gold coin for that. Where's the crew going, well done, Captain Russell. We're a very happy crew. Yeah, I mean, it's right. We're On some level, we're interfacing with an external reality. And it is weird when you play computer games. Later on, like Witcher is a game that we've played. Later on in the show, we're going to talk to the man who does the 
Geralt's voice. voice. I think he's called Geralt. Ger- Doug Cockle. And his real name's Doug Cockle. All right, son, I'm lovely old Doug. I love Doug Cockle. Bloke from The Witcher. That was much better than Geralt. And he got I'm Doug Cockle. Right, then what's going on? Catch witches. I'll get that bloody witch. I'll cast a spell on it if I do catch it. Here, you've got an emerald in your robe. Give her that over here, why don't you? Because he talks. Like that. Like every person in computer games. What I'm hoping to... Yeah, why is that gravelly voice considered to be so incredibly alpha? It started with Batman, didn't it? Yes. Like my, it sounds like it well, hurts him to talk. I want to get Doug Cockle in his Witcher voice to say things like, um, Oh, no, I've had a little misdemeanor in my penny poo putts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, my winky-woo is hurting me. Cat's done a whoopsie. The cat done a whoopsie on the stage. Ooh, Betty. Like, <laughs> like, I also think we should get him to do uh, jingles. He might not be allowed sure. to use his Switcher voice. If you can't copyrighted. copyright a voice, That's can true. you? I think I told you that. Well, I've never. I just said that off top yes, of my head. Where did you sh- tell me? I listen because I've done stuff with impressionists, right? And you're allowed, if you sound like Morgan Freeman, you could do an advert as using Morgan Freeman's voice, and people think that's Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman. Why but don't you, you do can't that? Copyright the voice. I don't know why they ever pay famous people to do it. To hell with Morgan Freeman. Just get someone who sounds a bit like Morgan Freeman to go Iceland. That's why Mum's gone. You do it. What? Mum's gone to Iceland in Morgan That's Freeman's right. voice. God, go. Go, go for it. Go for it. Come on, mate. You can do I Morgan. Have to, I have to get into it. You're Matt Harry. Morgan Freeman. We will no, give no, you no. appreciation. <laughs> we'll give you appreciation in real life. That's why Mum's gone to Iceland. <laughs> All right. Hey. <laughs> that is why Mum's. Do some more stuff. I'm like, not say prawns are on special offer. That's who. Morgan Freeman, Matt Fra- Matt Morgan Freeman. <laughs> it's Matt. Shrimp is on special offer. <laughs> and he, he's so good at it that he knows that Morgan Freeman it. wouldn't say prawn. There's a man who wants to do some cleaning. Do you want to do some cleaning? You're right, mate. You can't have a cleaner in here now. Why not? He might be good. Probably the last nutter we let in, we got an hour out of. <laughs> he just looked at us and went, I'll come back. Thank you, right. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. Cheers. No, he's nice, isn't he? All right, Shree, look, let's look, like, we're going to learn more about your skills as a voiceover artist. We're going to try and coax you into becoming a world-class voiceover artist, Matt. Let's do voiceovers for games and put humour into them. because that's They need humour. They're dry as... They're very humourless, aren't they? <laughs> dry as what? I don't know. Perhaps someone's just like a well-talked bottom, let's just say. Shouldn't use talc. No, I don't. I don't. But like in a film I saw, I saw a film about a chef making it as a chef. It was called Chef and it was starring John Favreau. It's not as good as other films where people or rats even make it as chefs. (laughs) Well, that's my favourite genre of film. But this one, John Favreau made it as a chef. He was already a chef at the beginning and he put corn powder down his balls. Corn powder's all right. All right. Natural. Talks. Well, also natural, but dangerous because the particles Matt Morgan small. Freeman, will you do an advert for corn powder down your balls <laughs> to take us into the next adverts? Oh, God. Go on, you can I do it. I have to really think to do it. I know. It really, t- it really hurts you. You're like Wolverine. It's like every time that, like, your Matt Morgan Freeman voice going, oh, that bloody hell, my wrists hurt. <laughs> little husk outside on Leicester Square. <laughs> well, I've got to say. You've got to say, uh, it's for, you're doing for co- poor corn powder down your balls. As a chef, and you're Morgan Freeman, Matt Morgan Freeman. Why don't you put... No, I've lost it. Why don't... Come on. Why don't you put... (laughs) (laughs) Say your normal voice, dude. Get into character by saying, Andy Duggars, Andy Dugger hole with a spoon. Right, we'll do normal adverts and we'll come back. These are normal adverts. I'll do another voice. I'll do another voice. Who have you you got? Ronnie Corbett. (laughs) 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 That's your advert. (laughs) The producer. (laughs) That's really good. 
You've got a real talent there. This all from Terry Minot, right? Yeah. Google the him. Impressionist I don't want mimic. to take his uh, glory. He's a proper mimic. Well, he's got his own life. This ain't his glory's not going to be distilled off by you. Look, let's go to some adverts. These are real adverts, but are they the real celebrities they claim to be? You'll never know. This is. Radio X. Russell Brand. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. That was the news. Hope it's good news. I mean, because we're actually doing this on another day. Dangerous You're right. to say that. You never know what could happen. Well, it's always going to be something a bit down in a dump, isn't it? The world's a frightening place, as Paul McKenna demonstrated. <laughs> no, 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 said, said, explained. No, oh, I loved Paul. That really worked. Like the Chinese, the age we're living in. Something chi. Oh, I was enjoying that. Way chi. Way chi. It was way oh, chi. Yeah. Dangerous way opportunity, baby. And that's how I see this whole Radio X show and podcast. Remember, you can download this, baby. You're listening to it as a download and enjoying yourself now at your own leisure. Okay. There's, a, there's, you know, we do news stories on the show, don't you? Oh yes. Well, there's some bloody good ones here. I particularly like this one. Scientists transplanted a rat testicle onto another rat's neck. That's going to be awkward between that's those rats. In a way, that sounds like they did it drunk for a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm going to stick another nut. I feel bad that the rat that's had his testicle transplanted onto another rat's neck has got to see that rat in the lab and go, oh, there it is. I used to be so close to you. It was as close as it could be. There the other rat a male or a female? Because imagine you're a woman with a little ball on your neck. <laughs> I would hate that. I, I would n- not want a little testicle. I mean, I'm happy with mine where they are. If someone took one of my testicles and sellotaped it on your neck, and then every time I looked in your eyes, which was one of the great experiences of my life, of I had to glance down and see one of my former nuts. Also, rats, as we know, having worked with rats a little bit, when did we got work huge with them? balls. Actually, their testes are absolutely gigantic. Compared to their body, the ratio, I mean, foot size to balls. Hey, you got the balls <laughs> to talk to me like that, huh? You got the balls. The balls are actually, yeah, they're about half the size of a brain, aren't they? Yeah. Not a rat's brain, which is tiny. Their balls are way uh, bigger than that. They're like big furry balls. Bear's balls, my dog's balls, he's only got one ball's come out. The other ball's still indoors, up his guts. And like, it's just one ball <laughs> hanging down. And where we had to shave him to have an operation by Noel Fitzpatrick's, a.k.a. Super Vet, that ball's just there like a sort of a little pink kinder egg just nestling there. So what did the vet say? Oh, that's fine. You're not meant to leave that ball in there. Undescended testicle. That's it, undescended. Yeah, undescended testicle. Undescended. Undescended testicle. I've got a ball left up, my dog. I want that ball out of my dog, I tell you that. But hang on, why why can't it just come out? Can't they just pull? I've encouraged it out. I've been trying to coax it out, but it won't come out. The thing is as well is it's potentially casted. Yeah, just like come on, son, out you come. Come on, come on, out you come. Come out for nanny. How'd you come? Hang on, is How'd it dangerous come? that it's in here? Yeah, it can be potentially carcinogenic. But people are always trying to get you to cut your dog's nuts off from the get-go. I say I like his nuts. Aren't all dogs that live in a house meant to have them cut off? It's a standard thing, but I don't like That's that. That's why it's so... Aggressive and jumpy. <laughs> he is a bit jumpy, 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 jumpy. The animal with the largest balls, Matt. And I just, this is something I just happen to know because I'm an experienced man. <laughs> Nothing to do with the laptop you're holding. <laughs> no, I just hold this sometimes. I just hold this laptop. It's an affectation. The animal with the largest balls by proportion is the tuberous bush cricket. It's got a right name, isn't it? Wow. I'm tuberous. the tuberous bush cricket. Take a look at these guys <laughs> and quiver in your boots. I'm the tuberous. picture? Its testicles weigh 14% of its entire body weight. The largest by size belong to the right whale. Their testicles weigh 500 kilograms, 1,000 pounds each. 1,000 pounds of balls. Do you know what? Whales have got legs. 
Uh, I think this whale's idea has got legs. <laughs> yeah, let's go with them. I'm going to run blue whales, sperm whales, humpback whales. I watched. Um, I'll tell you now, Matt. Whales don't have legs. They're sea creatures. A sea creature don't have legs. Let me blow your mind. Go on, Uncle Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, I watched Inside Nature's Giants. Right. What's that? Well, let me tell you. They cut open Nature's Giants. Bad time. They're dead. Right, elephants, sharks, bloody stuff giants. Like that. They cut open a whale on a beach, yeah, and they found its vestigial legs when oh. it was like so. Fish swim sideways like that, of course they do. And dolphins and mammals like whales gallop through the water, Thank and they have you. to come up for air because they used to be land creatures oh, with dear. legs. Dirty and they went, water gallop. They came out of the water like you know evolved out. They used out to be and, land creatures, yeah, yeah, and they went back into the water and started feeding in the shallows or getting away from predators or whatever and then they became sea creatures and they thought right? it's nice here in the That's shallows they come up for air and they, they gallop through the water it was all shallow they've got little legs they've got under the skin they've got little legs deep within a whale there's two little vestigial legs you keep saying vestigial legs do you mean little withered vestige, ones a le- a the vestige behind, of a leg yeah like Vestigial like the echo like of a leg, the the uh, remnant yeah. of a leg, and the vestigial leg, echo. little old legs. We've got we've got vestigial parts to our well, got? Yeah, I know. I've been trying it. to summon him up for months. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you, you used to be thing, my uh, playground. You used to be my pride and joy, but now you're just a whale leg. Once you're married with children, you might as well just write shopping Now, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, my friend. Yeah, you might as well write a shopping list with it. Not a long one. Not with it. Just put Nurofen 500. (laughs) Other pills are available. Um, PS4 games. Oh, lovely reality. Witcher can have sex. Did you know that? But I don't let him. I'm far into it. I didn't like the swimming, so I've paused and I bought It's easy to swim. Listen, I've got some interesting points, and here those are. What? The whales came out of the water, then went back in it with little legs. What? Us? We was in the water, and then we come out again. What about aquatic ape theory? Oh, which you're always I think about aquatic good, ape. And I've sp- spoken about this at length before, but mm. a lady called, I think her name was uh, something Morgan. Mrs. Right? Pickles. So that's why that stuck with me. Mm. Um, she, you know, proposed this idea that because we are the only mammals to have fat, sorry, the only um, apes to have fat under our skin instead mm. of fur, where we've got a bit of hair or whatever, mm. our nostrils go, like basically a chimpanzee goes in the water, if its face fills with water, ours doesn't. So a chimpanzee that- tries to go in the water, he's there having he a swim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no, oh no, it's all splashed up his snout. But we've got downward nostrils. Um, other apes can't stretch out. Like a human being, diving is like one long shape. So right? elegant. Just read about it. I know. Used to, Look, I'm just trying to make a point. We was in the water. We come out of the water. The whales was in the water. Then it got out of the water. Then it's got back in the water. Now, this is took millions of years. Millions of years. What's everyone up to? Why don't everyone just keep still? Settle down. Be where you are. Relax. It's life. Right. Movement. Movement is life. Movement. Life is change. Life is movement and change. Look, you say put on Muse feeling good, and surely I will soon. But for God's sake, we're talking about a rat with a testicle in its neck and the kind of embarrassment, embarrassing social scenarios that would happen if you meet another rat and you think, I recognise. What's that on your what's that new pendant you're wearing, Marvin, the other rat? What's that new pendant you're wearing? Oh, this old thing. Oh, that's just (laughs) my lucky charm. Well, it used to be my lucky charm. And now I've never felt less lucky. I wonder if it's as painful as a testicle would be. Like it is so painful. My son punched me in the balls the other day. Pu- uh, really? Punched. What for? 
Uh, just for general fathering. <laughs> I don't like your standard of fathering. <laughs> Take no, that up the nuts. I'd been working out. You know when your muscles ache the day after you've been working out? Yeah. And you get, we were sort of punching each other, playing around. Yeah. And uh, I said, no, don't punch me. My arms hurt because I've worked out. And he went, okay. <laughs> and punched me in the balls. And then I couldn't. I had to just jump. You can't. You're not in control once that happens. And I just what went, did you do? Oh, Fold up. F. You said the F word. And he started crying because obviously I'd really roared. With you roared? Me. Oh, God, yeah. Come off mic a bit, but show us your roar. Well, we, but I said O-F. Don't so say O-F. Yeah. Just say, say another word. Another word. Just roar. Fudge, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, fudge! <laughs> <laughs> That's really aggressive, Matt, in front of oh. a little child, your own it's son. so painful. So that's and, what, and then you're just kneel like this evolution. We're talking about evolution. Why the hell, uh, right? They have to be cooler than the rest of your body. Why didn't we evolve to have them inside a body, really deep inside? Because there's such a weakness. I can't believe you're criticising evolution and by proxy, possibly God or some other omnipotent form of consciousness that can manifest there's itself no, on the material I mean, realm. Criticising it because it didn't do nuts in an armpit. Human 1.1. Balls should be inside, mm. right? They should, have a, they should do a new version. I'd like rat nuts. Farting uh, doesn't need to happen. I like it. It is fun. I like it. I like the smell. I like everything about it. Don't, don't you think that farting is like the equivalent of like an exhaust on a car? Yeah. There, it, it just needs to happen. You have a it mission. could just it could just leak out in through your pores over like hours, and you'd never notice it. So you just walk around stinking for an hour. Yes. Let me just tell you this: testicles are incredibly special organs. Since they've, we're not going to play music anymore because what we're doing is too important. <laughs> testicles are incredibly special organs. Since they've got something called immune privilege, that means they're safe from the body's immune response and can survive in another body for a while without being rejected. I've rejected my own. The testicles' privileged status serves to protect the sperm cells inside from attack by the body. So what, in theory, this means doctors should be able to easily transplant them between people. I would like yours, Matthew. Which could be useful in cases where a person undergoes a treatment that would kill off all their Whose sperm. DNA would be in the But then sperm. you'd have someone else's sperm. That's why researchers are doing this, the, the research, immune privilege. Well, hold yeah, whose sperm would it be? So you could get someone else's nuts. Now, would those nuts be willing to produce, for a limited time only, <laughs> somebody else's sperm? Monster, monster. Then you could have a lovely couple of somebody else's kitty winkles out of your own little nutsack and evolution that's your problem because you left our nuts swinging around where they're not wanted in the sea out of the sea little legs no legs nature it's over to you russell brand radio x you're listening to russell brand on radio x with me is matt morgan and mr g poet laureate of the show who will be summarizing this entire spectacle debacle debacle. let's call it debacle he'll be summarizing this debacle in the form of poetry earlier we were talking to paul mckenna we were talking about the nature of consciousness we were talking about how can we use our power to create a better world we were talking about what lurks in the minds of powerful people but Perhaps even more important than any of those things is later on we'll be talking to a little old guy that I like to call Doug Cockle. You may not know him by his normal name, Doug Cockle, but you may know him by his other name, Gerhart or Gerholt or whatever he is in... What's he called? Because his name in Witcher sounds like a cough. It's like Gerumpf. Harumpf. Gerumpf. Geralt. Geralt. Geralt, me. Geralt, oh, you haven't even introduced yourself to my mum. <laughs> Geralt, and it, like, I like the computer game I've been playing a lot where I manage this pirate ship 
It's a lot of fun. Is but it, can you have you got freedom or is it? Matt, you got so much freedom. There was one bit where, the sh- where this other pirate was saying, "Look, we're going to go and get some booty to do up our ship, the Jackdaw." <laughs> that sounds so camp. It does. Your filter. <laughs> get some booty. booty. <laughs> By that, I mean bums. <laughs> <laughs> now look, a lot of the lads they're so browned off. We've got to get off this bloody boat and get some booty, right? So like, but I said, well, I didn't say. I just wandered off. I just jumped in the water, swam to an island, went went hunting for a little while shot some iguanas <laughs> made myself a new holster because my old holster it didn't go my trousers well, is it called crafting in games where you can make stuff you can make stuff grafting I've been I've, crafting I've been grafting right. son <laughs> what have you done I made myself a new iguana- pair of boots <laughs> <laughs> I make myself these pixie boots, lots of graph. Got to make me sit with shekel and I. Right, so like, well done that. And also, you got to do these assassinations. It's wonderful to do these assassinations. You jump out behind people, you cut their little wee throats. Now, in real life, of course, <laughs> I deplore the violence, the ultra violence. It's got to be stopped. It's got to be stamped do out. Do you think? But Paul McKenna's uh, theory about boxing matches making people more violent oh, no. maybe computer games are oh spirit. no or no are you getting out your aggression yeah, and I violence think it's the in a safe little place this is the methadone versus abstinence argument is it better to have a little release like pornography or is it better to unplug that channel of communion so that it breaks down absolutely because i don't think you want some facsimile version of life of like oh i'd rather be doing this but instead i'll do this weaker version of it i think you have to address the root sources but that's where you end up in eckhart tolle land of like being detached from everything because you recognize well there's no point in looking at pornography or indeed having sex because these sensual pleasures are temporal and only functional for the propagation of species and by enjoying it i'm entering into maya i'm going back into the burning house the burning house of illusion not my words that's buddha russell brown radio x a bit jealous of people who just live completely decadent hedonists no no without um, overthinking and analysing reality and just going, I'm eating my dinner and it's nice. I'm Who happy. are they? Who's these dinner Most eaters? People. I'm the one and only dinner Most eater. People. Most people don't walk around. Maybe that's what all the depression and anxiety mm. in today's you know uh, population is because more people are sort of awakening. Awakening. Yeah, awakening. But I think like instead of like our grandparents' generation, right, where you mm. sort of, your world was smaller and you didn't have social media and other, so you weren't a brand that you were promoting on Facebook yeah, all the exhausting. time. Yeah, like Even, you know, just... Normal folk who are not on the telly or whatever. Yeah. yeah, everyone's promoting their life. Everyone's got a secondary version of themselves that they feel that they've got to promote to the world. It's very, it's very challenging. So you think that this new, these new realms of awareness are causing suffering? Possibly, yeah. And I think maybe... Like the other, where was I doing the other day? When you do like cleaning the house, right? It's a simple thing to do. Mm. You clean the house, it's cleaner. Afterwards, you go, oh, well, I achieved that. And for the whole time I was doing it, I didn't think once about geopolitics. Buddha would say, don't bother, the house is burning down. He just lived under a tree, did old Buddha, so he wouldn't have had those concerns. He How might did he get so fat if he didn't care about it. That's things? not actual Buddha, that's some fat particular Buddha. He's a different one. The main Buddha, he was ever so slender. Was he? Oh, he, was, he didn't bother eating nothing. He was some sort of jolly Buddha. He came later down the line. He was, he was jollier than the slim Buddha. But jolliness isn't necessarily a good thing, G, because jolliness is an, in, an indulgence. What's wrong with that? What? No, it's not. How can you? <laughs> jolly is an indulgence. Given the choice between jolly and not jolly, I'd rather be jolly. Well, that's what you're saying, but jolliness saying, comes at a price. Evil. 
I am saying that. I'm saying that Christopher Biggins, that jolliness, masks a dark heart. Like he went, oh, hello, oh, bloody old Fletch. Oh, no, don't be so silly. That's him in porridge. Yeah, he's slim then. But like, actually, beneath that, there may be a sort of a titanium skeleton of deep misery. Well, let's just like to believe He'll it. be on the show next week, I'm sure. Christopher Biggins, if you are real and not some sort of voodoo effigy, we would like to know. We would like to encounter you. Have we Christ- wrapped up our rat testicle story? How can you ever wrap that up? It'll go on forever. But look, what we, I suppose we're talking about worlds and virtual worlds. We're talking about losing yourself in materialism and beyond the veil of Maya. And you're saying, I don't think, there's this idea called universalism, right? That's the idea that ultimately we're all the same and we're all experiencing the same thing. Now, Michelle Foucault, ego, there ain't no universals. No one believes in, like, there's, there isn't no actual things that's real and genuine. You can't make any assumptions about anyone or anything. I think he put it different because for a start he was French. Another thing he had a shaved head. Another thing he was a terrific pervert. Well into the S and the old M. Really? He'd do a bit of S and then he moves on to the M. <laughs> He's going through the old alphabet. Would you do a bit of S? Yes I will. About M. Oh you dirty sod. Okay so what's your point? My point is is that you can't make any assumptions about other people's consciousness or experience of reality. In fact, the only thing we're absolutely certain of is our own consciousness and the fact that we are experiencing reality. We don't know, as G said in one of his poems once, whether or not we're all simulacrums, all just effigies in each other's realities, that none of nothing is real. We don't know, absolutely. And when, like Elon Musk and all those virtual reality Silicon Valley geniuses and techno whiz kids say, oh, perhaps this is all a construction, all they are doing is paraphrasing wisdom that's thousands and thousands of years old where they're saying you are a construct you are a, you are a conscious entity occupying a mechanical construct and everything you experience on the sensory realm is temporal and illusory but there is a secondary consciousness the experiencer if you live in connection with the experiencer like you do when you have your meditative experiences there will be su- there will be ultimately less suffering but there will be less Christopher Biggins style jolliness because you'll recognize that jolliness is <laughs> futile there's no point Going around in a big Hawaiian shirt, squeezing out high-pitched farts and uh, sucking on a slash puppy because we're all on the way to the boneyard. Hmm? I'm not saying that about Chris Biggins. Biggins. I love him. But I'll tell you, like, one thing that I do like, and that's really connected to what I've just said just then. What is it, Matt? Kinky Afro. Yeah, happy Mondays. Radio X. Russell Brand. To Russell Brand on Radio X. I'm here with Mr. Matthew Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Matt Matt Morgan Freeman. How's it going, Matt? Pretty good. (laughs) Well, that was it. See, you still got it, baby. I was only half in there. I can't hear anything out of these cans, mate. Can you, um, Matthew, like you want to have a career... <laughs> they're dead to me. Uh, like you you want to have a career in voiceover, is that right? Not doing impressions, but uh, you can make quite good money just going, mm. there's a carpet sale here. Well, that's not going to get anyone to a carpet well, sale. You sounded so listless then. there. Thank you. <laughs> you sounded like you didn't care at all about the carpet sale. Right, well, I can do it with enthusiasm. Well, we've got on the phone, you and I are both great fans of the virtual world. We like to immerse ourselves in a reality that's more bearable than this one. Sometimes it's Witcher 3. Now, we have got on the phone the voice of the protagonist of that great smash hit global success game, Doug Cockle. Game of the year. year. Doug Cockle, are you there, mate? I'm here, I'm here. Hi, guys. Oh, Doug, thanks for coming. Are you, may I firstly ask you, where are you actually from, Doug Cockle? Uh, originally? Yeah, yeah. Where did you first come from? When you first come to planet Earth, where was it? <laughs> my, my entry to planet Earth was at 29 Palms, California. Oh, 
you've got a really lovely voice. Even when you're being normal, in your, do you know, Doug Cockle, that in our country, England, your name is slang for £10 worth of drugs. <laughs> like just what? a hashish or weed. <laughs> I just get a cockle. That's 10 quid's worth, a 10 quid bit of drugs, a cockle. Not I've suggesting that, that drugs before. are good. That's, mm. that's yeah. fantastic. I, I always just thought it was a bit of a rude surname. Uh, if you drop the second syllable, possibly, but like a cockle, it's a really beautiful name. Um, Doug, you've got a really, really beautiful, just normal talking voice. Where are you now, mate? I'm actually standing in my bedroom in Bournemouth. You're in Bournemouth, in our country, England. Oh, wow. Doug yeah. Cockle on the coast. <laughs> Doug, do you do, uh, uh, do you do a lot of voices, or is, and is your main one, your best one, Geralt, out of Witcher Free? Well, that's the one I'm I'm known for now. But yeah, I do lots of different voices. I do lots of uh, voices for uh, various video games and things like that. I've done some radio and things as well. So yeah, I'm Doug Cockle. Like it's weird because like I spend a lot of time with you alone at night in my room. Like that's a sort of an odd thing to <laughs> sort of admit. Sometimes like when because I, I like the acting bits of Witcher. I mean, Matt and I think there should be more comedy in it, both of us. But perhaps that would ruin the tone. But like, say some of the bits where you're in a bath or whatever, and you go, "Oh, I'm just having a lovely bath. Oh, I feel really, really relaxed. I've got to find that little kid." Like, will you do some of the? Will you say some Witcher things for us? Well, now, Russell, I don't know if I should say anything really um, oh my God. too much. Oh, no. It's, uh, it's happening. It's hard to describe, really, oh, oh. what I feel like when I play Geralt. Wait, wait, wait. Geralt, that is that's so amazing that you can just summon that up from out of yourself. You should be doing lines. Have you ever done any lines for you know, um, Geralt? Uh, could you? What, have you got a girlfriend or boyfriend? Uh, please, uh, Doug Cockle. Yeah, I'm, I'm married. I've been married for many years. No, so am I. Now, look, uh, <laughs> I'm married as well. Married to the job! Married to being a witcher. I'm married to hunting down witches and wolves and monsters every bloody day of my life. Ah, <laughs> oh, Doug Cockle down there in Bournemouth. That was bloody do good. You, do you play the game, Doug? Yeah, I do, yeah. I, I finished it about six months ago. Is that a euphemism? You finished sort of going, why is there a new Witcher? I thought Matt, when Matt went, you played a game, Doug, it sounded like Kenneth Williams asking Joe Orton a question in the park in 1952. <laughs> Do you play the game, mate? <laughs> oh, yes, I play the game. Oh, <laughs> I like that. That'd be real nice. I just think that must be weird, playing the game where you're... <laughs> oh, I'd love that. Where it's your voice. Do you do it, Doug? It do is, you? Yes, he said he it did. Is a, it, is a bit, it, it is a bit strange sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, I got used to it pretty quick. So. Did you talk back to Geralt as Geralt and go, okay then, buddy? I do sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say some silly things as Geralt because, like, or are you not allowed? Because Matt Morgan, he wrote a, a show called The Mimic and it was, it was a vehicle for a very talented impressionist. And he says, you can't own a voice. So we can use, Matt does a brilliant Morgan Freeman ex- impression, for example, and he can use it to say very silly Morgan Freeman things. Now, can you use, are you allowed to use Geralt's voice to say things like, um, oh no, I've done a little mistake in my panty poo pots? <laughs> <laughs> I probably can. Oh, can you say I, I it now? I probably own the voice. Go on. Yeah, it's your yeah, voice. It. Oh, oh no, I've done a little mistake in my panty poo pots. Oh no, I've done a little mistake in my panty poo pots. 
Yay. That's one of the best yes. things that's happened that's in my life. Highlight of my life. That's, that's really good. That's oh, that's really good. Could you say? Could you say? Could you say? I did come in here for a haircut, but I don't deserve it because my willy done a burp. That's outrageous. I did come, that, but me and Matt had to do. To me and when me and Matt were younger, and I Very had a young. drug problem, we went into a hair. Matt said, "You've got." We were just walking Good down days. a street in Camden, and Matt goes, "Go in that hairdresser's." He said, "Right, and go in there and say I did come in here for a haircut." But I don't deserve one because my willy done a burp. And I said, I'll take, I accept this challenge, Matt. And I went into the, peculiar. I went into the hairdressers on Parkway and Camden. They went, hello, sir. How can we? I goes, I did come in here for a haircut, but I don't deserve one because my willy done a burp. But when I got to the my willy done a burp bit, I sort of fell Cracked. apart inside. <laughs> like everything went wrong. Well, you life. would, wouldn't you? I mean. Yeah, because it's an unusual thing to say, Doug Cockle. And. I yeah, want to. Yeah. I want to hear you say it because it's made me so pleased. Okay. All right. And then will you be my boyfriend, Russ? Yes. Yes. It's happening. Yeah. I knew I could make Doug oh, right. easily. At the very least, I'll come right down to Bournemouth now. Book me a train, first class to Bournemouth. <laughs> Go on, Doug Cockle. The line is just to I, give you a line. I came in here for. He was yeah. going. He's a professional. He was dropping into character. I know he's getting in character, like you do for Matt Morgan Freeman. <laughs> um, like uh, I, came, I, I came in here for a haircut, but I don't deserve one because my Willie Dunover. I came in for a haircut. <laughs> But I don't deserve one because my Willie done a burp. <laughs> That's amazing because you can't not see Geralt when that happens. He comes flooding into my mind. I feel like I'm in that Witcher world. Suddenly I feel like I'm in a t- tavern in the middle of a brawl. And s- for some reason, yeah. Geralt saying my Willie done a burp <laughs> really undermines know, him. It's an odd image, isn't it? A Willie <laughs> doing a or burp. Or it makes him really cool. Will you do. Like, I really feel like I was like, this is more exciting. We've had like sort of. I mean, I've never been more excited in my life. <laughs> This is like the birth of my daughter. <laughs> are, are you are you playing it? Uh, obsessed with it. I love it. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I I, I, lo- I love Witchery. I'm not very good at it. It's quite hard. He keeps getting beaten up. Matt keeps drowning. Yeah, I find the swimming controls difficult. Is there any techniques? Yeah. Do, do you know anything about swimming as Geralt? Is, no, sh- I, I do a lot of drowning as well. See, even the man who provides him with his essence is waving, not drowning, drowning, not waving. Hey, will you do some? Uh, <laughs> will you will you do some jingles for us, or should you actually be paid for that? Because that's literally using you for your professional. We can just use those. He's done enough. What we can say, my Willie. Any Burr. other voices, Doug, that we might have heard of or know? Maybe to hear his uh, name. Nothing you might have. Not that you might have heard of. I show up in a whole bunch of different games and stuff. Um, uh, most recently, uh, people kept getting in touch on Twitter because uh, they found me in various places in Horizon Zero Dawn. Are you at Doug Cockle? Uh, Is that how we find you? Because I will follow you so Do you hard. have another type of voice? Like, do you have a sort of more frivolous voice? That you yeah, do you play? ever play? Do they ever ask? Is Doug Cockle always used to play characters that are basically in that weird mood I of believe. sort of trapped masculinity? Or do you ever play someone that's a bit like, Mate, bloody hell! I'm not coming in that castle. It's terrifying. There's bloody bats everywhere. <laughs> Who's ravens that? <laughs> I do tend to get uh, uh, pulled in for characters who are kind of like the reluctant heroes and stuff like that. But I've done other things. I recently did a voice for a new virtual reality game uh, that was a bit like uh-huh. this, and it kind of inspired by The Godfather, you know. All oh, right, you're a bit more of an older sort of a fella. I really love your voice. If you want to uh, follow at Doug Cockle on Twitter, you'll be able to sort of 
really experienced. Yeah, it's, it's at actually, Cockle. Yeah, at, at De Cockle. At De Cockle. Yeah. He's at on Twitter. At De Cockle. Uh, is there anything else we could use to exploit Doug for while we've got while we've got you, Doug? Hmm. Oscar, were you saying mm. you're listening to you're Russell Brand on Radio X? You idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say you're listening to Russell Brand on Radio X, you idiots, will you? You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio X, you idiots. <laughs> That's a really good jingle. <laughs> you're really good value. When you're pretending to be Witcher 3, do you really pretend those things are happening or just think, oh, I'm just doing this in the booth, it don't matter? Or yeah, no, no, you... I, yeah, you really have to. Um, well, I find I have to really imagine what the character's doing. So you know, you know, your whole body gets involved. You've done voiceover work, Russell. You know what? I, you know what I mean. You know, yeah. Get in there, and your whole body gets. Involved I do. I jump life. around like right, Pratt. You should see me in this radio show. I t- all the way through this interview, I've been touching my <laughs> willy, my nipples. It's been. I mean, I could might as well offer a webcam service for myopic perverts because I could be some sort of bearded lady fumbling away at my torso. Will you say please? I think that's brilliant. You should do that. You should have a webcam in there with you. You could have a bucket of ice. You could pour it over your head or something. Is that what people want you know, from a webcam? Nipples with the ice, you know? Doug, you've been brilliant. Oh, will you say subscribe to the podcast? Because we'll definitely use that. You should be paid for that. Doug, if you ever need anything from us, we owe you. All right? I've said it live oh, and air. Like, if you need your flat tidied, or you need us to turn up at something. Like, Matt, Matt does the housework for Matt's, meditation. Matt does meditative housework. G yeah. does poems. I'm very no good Bournemouth. at... <laughs> 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 no, not on the South Coast. No, but if we can ever help out, Doug. How can we help you, Doug? You must want something from us, Cockle. Oh, do you know what? Just just giving me a bit bit of publicity, getting me out there. Give That's Doug great. a job. If you say you're a person and you've got a job, give it to Doug. <laughs> what? Why yeah. wouldn't you? Say, sir, uh, I'll do you... anything. I'll do dishes. I'll lick feet. I'll, uh, wow. I'll, 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 I'll sew drapes. He's so... Uh, you're very metrosexual. No, you don't. You're too good for that, Doug. We're not having that. These, we want only top <laughs> jobs. Only the best for Doug Cockle. Oh, I insist upon it. <laughs> Doug, will you say subscribe to the podcast, please? Because that we'll definitely use. Like in your Witcher voice, please. Come on, everyone. Subscribe to the podcast. Oh, that was amazing. Doug, you're really, you're, you've really helped us. Thank you so much. Now we have to leap into the world of commerce, but at Doug Cockle, at D Cockle, a.k.a. Doug Cockle, by God, we're going to follow you, not just on Twitter, but around the streets of Bournemouth, quietly oh, murmuring yeah. to each other. Matt and I will be like your shadows. Yes. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Thank you, Doug Cockle. Now we've got to leap into consumerism. What a great guest. You've been brilliant. Bye, Doug. Cheers. Thanks, Russell. Thanks, Matt. Oh, I love him. He's a human. He's an actual human. Let's listen to some adverts right now. Russell Brand Radio X. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. I'm here with Mr. G and Matt Morgan. Matt, there's something I meant to say to you after that uh, call with Doug Cockle. What is it? You really showed me up. (laughs) (laughs) You really showed me up in front of Doug. yourself up. I was merely an enthusiast expressing my appreciation for Doug Cockle and his great work. God, he's lovely, isn't he? He's a, a nice man. And a talented man. He's a nice and talented man, and I'd like to hear and see more of Doug Cockle. I mean, we don't know what he looks like, actually. Let's Google him. What does he look like? Let's describe him. I need to know what he's like. Imagine him. I imagine him as Geralt. For me, that's Doug Cockle. Oh, my God, he's beautiful. Oh, he looks a yeah, bit looks like similar. they've done a bit of... Like, they've used they've tried him. tried to make the character look like him. They have made it look like him. He's got sort of like a... Let's call it a Grant Mitchell-style menace. 
He's got... He's smouldering. He's got smouldering eyes and eyebrows. He's smouldering out of every pore of his goddamn body. A Have a look at Doug Cockle. Very strong jaw. He's a man that anyone will be happy to bring home to their mother, father, guardian, next of kin. I've brought home Doug Cockle. Why are you bringing Doug Cockle home? Because I love him, Dad. <laughs> and if that's not all right with you, then maybe we've got a problem, Papa. Yeah? Yeah. Papa, de- yeah, that's the way I see the world. Okay, so uh, that was good, wasn't it? Now, did you learn any voiceover techniques that you might be able to make use of from Cockley? I mean, we should have got some advice of him, shouldn't we? I used yeah. to do a lot of voiceover work. What for? Do a bit. Um, I used to do. I used to. That's different voices. Not so much different voices, but it was more. Um, it was one of those like music shows where I go, Lie. and now the latest hit from Rihanna, bringing you next. All that kind oh, of. Oh, that's stuff. pretty good. Yeah. I really felt like I was going to hear a hit from Rihanna. What, what I had if it to, wasn't our show. It probably would be. A what record. I had to do is I had to like sit in like a seat like this and yeah. then just. Work myself up. What? You're not yeah, rubbing your little bum like yeah, a dog wiping his bum on a carpet. I had to like get myself into like a frenzy and then go a frenzy, a frenzy, and a then frenzy. just a frenzy, a frenzy. <laughs> You're doing MTV, frenzied like, links. What did you do? The ones on MTV, didn't I? About to go. Yeah, when you do, have a look at One Leicester Square, right? A show that I used yeah, to do. Me, Leicester. Matt, and Gareth used to make it together. Gareth, who's producing this radio show along with Neil, used to produce it. Matt used to write it, and I used to turn up and show off and throw things out the window and try my level best to, to sleep with anyone in the environment. We'd write really silly um, intros for the guests that they'd never hear. And they'd never hear they'd it. Put, we'd put it on afterwards. They so they good. came out waving and smiling. And underneath them. said the most weird thing about Christ- it. Christina Aguilera lives in a tent. She only she only stays awake on Wednesdays the rest of the time she's suspended in amniotic fluid deep deep in space that she just come out waving <laughs> <laughs> Matt used to just say things that came in his about, head. Um, is it Ben Stiller yeah Ben Stiller sat out from his village to on his bike to touch the horizon <laughs> 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 Never been back. <laughs> to this day, up. he still searches. For, All right, man, Ben Stiller just comes out waving. It's like proper movie stars. We were idiots. We had Tom Cruise on that show. Tom Cruise lives in a burrow under the earth. <laughs> <laughs> He's been making his way to the earth core, determined to meet a pixie that he believes is in that. No weirder than the reality. That's true, actually, because he does believe in Scientology, which, who cares, it's only a religion. People can believe whatever the hell they want, for all I care. Hold on! Wait a minute. Hold up! <laughs> hey! You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. So what, what should we do with the rest of uh, our lives, Matt? I was thinking of becoming an explorer. <laughs> now, do you want to explore a mountain range or something? When you are exploring in a game, mm, right? Yeah. Like, you, uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed, I go off and explore the island. Instead you, of looking for booty, like my captain said, I said, Captain, you can look for booty. I'm off on the island. Do you get... Mm. The feedback that you would need, like, would it get out of, like, would it work as a sort of getting out the adventure bug in you, right? Uh-huh. Would you, playing a game, walking around... I know where you're going stuff. with this. I is know it? where you're going. You what? Walk, walk, like a game where people take drugs and have it off. Is that what you're saying? No, Good. I'm saying... Well, all right, fair enough. Put is that aside. Is it real enough to you? So say you go, <laughs> I want to go walk around the woods and look at stuff. Yeah, Could you yeah. just do it in a game and, and that no. would be sated. It's better way. actually, isn't it? Because if when you do go to the woods and look at stuff, let's face it, it's boring. I was in the woods yesterday looking at stuff and God, it was there was all sorts of magnificent nature cascading down. It was a pine forest. I was there with my baby, my dog, my wife and I thought, I just want to go home and play Assassin's Creed and manage my pirate ship. No, I was very happy. I was in bliss. I'm in a kind of spiritual bliss. But the uh, virtual world is very seductive. No, it, would it be enough, Matt? No, I like, you? I like going to the real woods, but it is nice <laughs> walking around in a game and exploring stuff because you sort of be- become detached from the fact that loads of people made this mm. and they sat around like... Ooh. I mean, it's quite mysterious how these games are made. 
Yeah, what's going on? How do they do it? I mean, like, say when you look at the screen of your iPhone or your bloody other type of phone, Android or whatever, that screen with like those icons, it's not actually really there, is it? It's a bunch of code. It's like when you scroll, you think like scrolling is happening, but there's not actually a thing that's scrolling around. The whole thing is a sort of a sequence of numbers. I'm very confused by life. I can barely operate a toaster. <laughs> so I'm what normally level burn you it. in The Witcher 3? <laughs> level 2. I'm on the bit, like the bit, you know, sometimes they build into the beginning of the games, they're training you. Like, yeah. Maybe you might want to try using this bow and arrow. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Where'd you pick it up? Oh no, what's that? I've put the arrow the wrong way around. Ow, I've broken nail. Like, I'm still normally just sodding around in the I base hate camp. The training bit. You need yeah. to do it, but it's so annoying. They're patronising those, those mentors, aren't yeah. they? Especially if there's a timing element to it. Oh. Call of Duty used to do that. Oh, it's awful. When I was once being Geralt and that man told me to bow before Zod. I was humiliated. There was a five-second countdown. I panicked, I bowed, I curtsied, I did all sorts of stuff, so we we came out, and I've regretted it ever since. I've not actually, I've not played the game since because of regret of that bow. Really? Well, I feel like I shamed Gerholt. I shamed him. I'm so sorry for the bow, and I'm sorry for... When do sorry you to do Doug this? Cuckle. When you come home from... Like, so you do a big stand-up gig. That's right. And then you come home. Like last night, I'd done a stand-up in Oxford. It'll be the other night now. I'd done a stand-up in Oxford. All the midwives that delivered my baby were there. 20 midwives come from the John Radcliffe Hospital. I mean, why did you need 20? I think it was your baby. Slap <laughs> <Blood> ceremony. Pounds. <laughs> 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 you great big enormous jelly baby. No, well, they were, I just mean all of the people that work there. Yeah, the I didn't say, not you. You weren't involved in the birth. You could wait in the corridor. Just that everyone what at the spy centre. Midwife that you... I'm just trying to keep a good rapport going with her because I've said some things about South Africa that I regret. What? Well, they're a South African. Oh, my God. What do you do? A white South African. Yeah, but what do you do, though? So they don't like South Africans. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do like South Africans. I just made jokes about South African accent in the show and stuff like that. And what she's found out... So you, specifically her, you're talking about that bit. I really loved the woman that was the midwife. She was done a Karina. She was cool. She was really, really brilliant. But like, uh, there were some things that worked very well for a joke. You know, like when you're writing comedy, you start off telling like a, a whole actual story, and then you find the joke beats, and you cut out all the stuff that's between it. Like should be happening with this podcast, <laughs> like, <laughs> with this very section. But like, and then, but sometimes in order to be succinct, you end up saying something. Oh, it's easier if I just say this about that person. So reality slightly is edited, and a person that was person quite nice may for example be recast as evil <laughs> to make well, a joke she, work so she got in touch with she her. doesn't know but she's coming oh. to the show soon oh, I've invited her no. but I've told her in advance listen I'll say this thing about you but I don't mean it but he's, just he's, tell her like just change her name in the story and then to, say to her oh, hey, I had I another one I, I, just, I had another one Oh, there was someone else in that room who was South African behind Yeah, she's going to know. She knows she was there. She knows there wasn't a secret South African there. I understand poetic license. Oh, W. de Klerk was behind you. Oh, there was another suit. Oh, Desmond Tutu was behind you. Oh, you might not have noticed. I don't, I sometimes keep it. Of course they will. Everyone understands everything. Look, weren't we trying to say something about something then? Look, let's work out where we are and what life means. But while that happens... Play that song. I don't even know what it is. Matt, one of my most favourite brands is Alt J in Cold Blood. And if you don't let me enjoy it, my most favourite band, Alt J in Cold Blood, then I don't know if this marriage is going to even last. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all in Cold Blood. This, this is, is Radio X. Russell Brand. You're all listening to Russell Brand on Radio X. Here's, this is some kale, a few kale circles. This is off of Chris Moyles, who's our brother at Radio X, who we actually love. And he's, he sent a bunch of donuts to us. But why? Why? Why has Chris Moyles sent us donuts? Now he's slim. He's trying he to don't need him. Yeah. He's 
Chris Miles has become slender and elegant, and he wants us all to be slobbering warthogs around him <laughs> while he's the like he's like Fonzie, and the rest of us are, are great big hippos, our big waddly arses rattling into the walls of the corridor. Sly move, sly some? move. No, Do you want some? No, I'm trying to I cut down on that. sugar. G's cutting down on sugar. We know that already. Simpsons, that one. That's a Simpsons donut. That's the sort of thing Homer Simpson's got. It's got hundreds and thousands on it. Look at that. That's like that's like a sparkly bot bot from a clown land. <laughs> Why not? Get that over there. That's more trouble than it's worth. Thank you, Chris Moores, for those. But that's funny, isn't it? In these days now, no one wants to eat sugar. Everyone. Are you going to try and be vegan? No way. Oh, Never. come on. Make an effort. No. Why don't you want to be vegan? I, the, the way to be healthy is to eat naturally eat the way soup. people used to eat. And no one was <laughs> a vegan. Yes, they was. The vegan people can't was. can't be vegan in nature. You can, mate. You can. What about a bloody giraffe? A giraffe's a vegan. Yeah, I bet there's little insects on those plants and he likes them more than the plants. <laughs> don't you say that. Don't you dare say that they're nibbling it for a woodlouse. Paul, um, not Weller, McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> Said that Robbie Williams would have sex with giraffes for the views. Well, Robbie's stupid because you'd be on the back of the giraffe, not up its neck. Didn't I'd be on its neck. What? Maybe he meant the YouTube views. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I work a giraffe. Okay, now listen, we've got to wrap things up, sadly, and it's a shame that very near the end of what's been a wonderful radio show, you've said something so stupid and as offensive madness. as that. We've had a brilliant show. We've had Witcher actor Doug Cockle we've had Paul McKenna we're meant to have Joe Wicks the slimmer sexier version of a younger me it's like looking through time to the past where I was better looking and more successful a more beautiful abdominal version of me he'll be on the show next week helping G to get over sugar and helping you Matt Morgan to get over yourself because that's what (laughs) needs to happen yeah okay so one of the things you know about us and this show is that we love you very deeply next week we will be live we will need your emails texts and tweets we will need you to participate we need you to download the podcast we need you to carry the message that the material world is an illusion we need china to get right out of tibet we've asked them before and we've asked them again tibet Uh, but there's more to life than that you know but not much more and here is that thing it's this show summarised by a man who used to say coming up Rihanna 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 but now he says poems to make us connect with our deeper self okay this poem is called the allegory behind our way chi we exist in a world allegorical, touching the horizon of the historical, exploring the digital for undescended miracles with sprinklings of corn powder covering areas so critical. Such dangerous opportunities give universal appeal. The jolliness of chasing booty gives our immune privilege its zeal. As water moves to land and land moves to water, society kicks us in the nuts and affects our future sons and daughters. Even the personal is political. And should we always play the game? Power provides a choice of different willy burps, but its voice remains the same. Allegory comes from the Greek, which means to put it another way, so that the sum of what you've heard is greater than the components of what we say. Russell Brand. Radio X.